Welcome, everyone, to the Crit Rate Podcast for Wednesday, April 5th. This is episode 38, and I'm your host, Justin Skirbo. Today, I'm joined by Justin Chow. Hello. I'm joined by Alex Shock. Yo. And Liz Lysui's here. What's up? What's up, everybody? Kaitano Lysui. Oh, yeah. Doesn't He's... matter anymore. Should, <laughs> should I change that? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's technically not my name. Does anymore. Jason ever listen to the That's podcast and he's just like, son That's of a bitch? <laughs> <laughs> That's mine. I yeah. <laughs> uh, but really, I, I'll... Yeah. <laughs> but seriously, <laughs> it's nice to be with you all today. <laughs> Thank you for coming through to the podcast. Uh, we have. We're about a week and a half behind on news. Mm-hmm. Last week, we just kind of debriefed on PAX, which was a phenomenal success. We were absolutely thrilled for that. I want to say thank you, listeners, everyone that's new that came in from PAX that's here again. What's up? Very happy to have you. Um, you might have seen this week, our, our first email blast went out to everybody. Very yeah. exciting. Inviting everyone to come listen to the podcast and enjoy what the website has to offer. It's Check amazing. your per- Go, you go, you go. I was about to say, it was amazing how many people asked for a search bar in the games category page. And uh, now it's there. Yes. <laughs> Check the search bar. Check your promotions tab for now. Yes. Uh, become a trusted URL first. Uh, we'll get there. We will. A trusted uh, domain, I mean to say. But yeah, it's pretty amazing. We've already made some pretty substantial changes to the site, including our... Uh, ability to search within the games category page which is wonderful yeah that's uh, pretty cool. we have many more changes coming actually specifically regarding PAX. so if you were there at pax enjoying the event please stay tuned we've got some cool stuff for you on the way um we've also started engaging all of our social media platforms and twitter you can see all of the winners of packs there we posted our photos we posted links out to those developers so you can go check those out see your house's respective winners of packs and there is much more on the way. We're very thrilled about that. Uh, we also recorded our first episode of House Call, which is our guest-centric podcast where we interviewed Josh, the fourth-gen gamer, uh, speedrunner, live streamer, content creator. World record holder? World record holder. So I, I had to confirm this after the fact. So the world record that he holds is for... It's called the Switch series of Pokemon games. So he owns the world record for playing and beating every Switch Pokemon game that's come out in a row. So not yeah. any individual game, but he'll play Sword, Shield, Platinum, or uh, Shining Pearl, Brilliant Diamond, I see. Uh, Scarlet Violet, not consecutively. and RCs all in a row. In like, one, yeah. in one no, when I say consecutively, I mean like he beats a game. He goes to sleep. No. Mm-mm. What a monster. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. He said it was something like m- many, How many hours was it? Yeah. dozens of hours, dozens of hours, like over the course of multiple days, no doubt. Um, this is also like that person. Did he sleep? I don't think so. <laughs> At least when he was getting that world record, I don't think so. This, this is like that person that played all of the all the games in the Dark Souls series, like yeah. Demon like, Souls, Dark Souls, Bloodborne, all the way through without getting hit yeah, yeah. consecutively. And if you got hit, start over at Demon uh, Souls. Yeah, oh my God. It's pretty wild, man. There's people <laughs> How? How? I know. Yeah. yeah. There's some people out there doing crazy stuff, but if you want to hear about Josh's journey through speedrunning and content creation and all that stuff, you just check that out. It's, uh, it's in this podcast feed, so just check it out. It's called House Call with Josh, the fourth gen gamer. Uh, but we are here today to Is- just... What? <laughs> You're befuddled right now. What's I'm, happening? I, I, I do think about the Dark Souls thing, too. At the same, do I just not have the attention span to do that? Like, that sounds like 
a physically impossible thing for me to do. Well, yeah. honestly, like it's also that's a big commitment. That's an extreme example, but like that's how I feel about most speedrunning exercises. Yeah, like that's that's definitely a crazy thing, but just the commitment it takes to be a speedrunner and yeah. the stuff that they do is wild. It's not just having video games as your hobby. It's yeah, like you no, have a hobby within the hobby. Right. Like yeah. that you devote right. all of your time to is like practicing. I don't know. I watched like one interview or video or something with a speedrunner and he was like oh we look at these videos and like you learn these techniques and there's like a whole you know chat board it's like we you know have this technique that has this name and people learn new things so yeah like watching, I, get, I mean it's also it. like you're talking muscle memory yeah. to the tune yeah. of thousands and thousands of hours in your game you know but yeah and i've i've definitely watched like megman x speed runs to death right, right. and like what i've understood is like especially like mario or like the zelda you know, Ocarina of Time ones, it's like you're at like maybe like what, 15 minutes, 20 minutes of your time to get like that record hole or whatever. You can do it within 30 minutes or so. But to do Wait, anything uh, over yeah. the course of three plus hours for me is just, I know, right. that makes me sweat. Speed <laughs> like running when it's it. multiple hours. It's kind of a nightmare. And then having to right? start over, I don't have the yeah. perseverance. Yeah. I mean, I was getting annoyed. I, I get annoyed fighting bosses more than once when right. I get right? like hit. Yeah, yeah. No. You know? We, I mean, we've had conversations. Or I, I've dabbled in the speedrunning community for a period of time, and I've gotten to know some of these people. And honestly, probably the most important skill to have in a lot of these scenarios is just being able to like clutch a like an ending to a game, right? Because it's like you could do everything correctly for the first ten hours of a run, and when you're in the last hour of that run, one thing goes wrong, you could screw up the whole thing. Yeah. So it's like just Can't being panic. able to solidify your nerves in that last hour is probably the hardest part of the whole thing. It's like any, anytime we play Dark Souls, Chow and I will fight a boss right to the end, and then Chow's like, "I can get the last hit." Dies. We'll start over. <laughs> <laughs> Got to do it cool. Got to do it cool. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's I feel a, like uh, it's a. I don't know. I don't have. I feel like it's an incendiary personality it, it, to have. You're absolutely the closest person here to a speedrunner. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. he has a record. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I did. A I don't know. Criminal if it still record. Yeah. Well, I, I was ranked 500th in Super Mario 64 16 star, but that was ages ago. So. And then somebody at the booth came to the booth and said, "Oh, he runs Mario 2, and he's 700th in the world." But then his time is like his half. time is half of what my time was. <laughs> <laughs> That's how far the game advanced yeah. in yeah. whatever, like five years or something. Yeah. Uh, but we did hold the wor uh, world record for co-op uh, castle crashers, castle crashers, two-player two yeah. castle yeah. crashers, which was really really fun. How do you submit a world record? Oh wow! So you go to speedrun.net and it basically has like a directory of every game ever that has a speed game category, yeah. and then you. And that's like you the definitive. Everybody accepts. Well, so they, that is there's the like a there's source. like a panel. Well, there's yes, that is the definitive source. They have a yeah. panel of uh, administrators. So like, if you're streaming on Twitch, you have to highlight your clip where you got that thing. So it basically creates a video file, and then when you submit it to Speedrun.net, people then re uh, review it to make sure that it's real, and then they submit it, and then it's there. So I'm still on there somewhere. Although it's funny, my Super Mario run might still be on there, but I think the clip is actually gone because I haven't my Twitch has been inactive for so long. So it was yeah. an MP1 file. It's yeah, right. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, it's a wild thing. And this is what's funny actually, and this is just kind of a preview for our conversation with um, with Josh. But so he's actually a Curionaut, which struck me as very weird. Mm. Um, but then yeah, as we surprising. as we delved into the type of speedrunner he is, he does speedrun these games like normally. But his the main area that he plays in are what's called, and this is 
almost strictly to the Pokemon world. It's a category called Nuzlocke, which is a, uh, it's essentially a variation on the game that has a more specific rule set that only allows you to do certain things. So like if a Pokemon faints, you can never use that Pokemon again for the rest of the run or something like that. And he also uses a number of randomizers. So it's like in suppose like Ocarina of Time, like when you're in Kokiri Forest and you open the chest that has the Kokiri sword in it, it's like there might be a bomb chew in that instead. So it's like every part of the game is completely changed up, which totally makes sense because if you're a Curionaut, you like to experiment and find different ways to manipulate the game and, and you yeah. know, discover things in that way. So he's taken his favorite franchise, which is Pokemon, and really is starting to bend it and twist it in all kinds of crazy ways to but maintain... A uh, little less min-maxi and a little more like, let's let's see what this game yeah. is. Yeah. The breadth yeah. of like, this game. Yeah. Listen how crazy this is. You can have a randomizer where every level your Pokemon will evolve into a completely different into a random Pokemon, Pokemon. into right. a random so Pokemon. It's like, so if you have Bulbasaur, right, it usually evolves at whatever level sixteen or something. So it might instead yes. evolve at level twelve, and it could turn into a Pidgey. <laughs> and now that's just your. Pokemon. Does this guy just love loot boxes? Like I, yeah, right? that's what it sounds like. I right? don't know, but like, at does least... he play the mode where like you have six Pokemon, you have to stick with those six Pokemon for for the I whole th- game? I think he's played a, a number of these things, but. It's just fascinating because it really is like he's understood those games to such a serious extent. Like the incendiary portion of him understands that so deeply that it's like now he just wants to experience it in new ways. Like if you could play Pokemon Red again in a brand new way, it's like that's how you do that. You know, it's a it's really a cool thing. Um, Did you look at his pie chart? No. (laughs) No. Yeah. Well, actually, towards the end of the podcast, I was like, I really wish. We dove a little, delved, uh, dove, dove a little deeper into his like profile and start talking about some of the games on the website. But we just talked about basically po- Pokemon and speed running. Yeah, and Pokemon. <laughs> it was really to find out kind of like his journey into games and all this. And yeah. as he went through his profile, like he was he was talking about his traits and stuff. He basically agreed with everything, which is very reassuring. Yeah, you know. That's great. Um, but his friends, his other friend, like the Mario speedrunner, and I think one other speedrunner, they both got a Sundary too. So yeah, I it is interesting. I want to know once we start incorporating. Like I'm curi- yeah, I'm curious if his he, his he, second he, trend is a Sundary. Yeah, yeah. Once no, we start, I, I I feel the same way. Yeah. Once we start like actually putting some like uh, actual like gas behind the secondary house, I feel like it's going to be a completely different game. Like having a bunch of Sundarys that are both like secondary Bravadiers versus secondary yeah. Curionauts, they probably. Right. Have the different. same values, but have different tendencies, and that's going to be a completely different thing. I think that's thing. a big deal. I yeah. like that a lot. Oh, yeah. People, yeah. and that's right away, people like latched onto that too. Oh, for we sure. Were, yeah. It's going to be hugely. such a weird user experience challenge to figure out how to make sure that that's like easily understood and like how to make that useful on the website. But we'll worry about that. I think later. starting with move, I had a lot of people wanted to see that graph, like just moving that up. <laughs> yeah. Maybe that's just step one for now. And then the rest of it's yeah, like. Definitely. That's a, that's a big that's a bigger haul like making yeah. that interesting and fun and yeah how it affect the ratings part of the journey. Yeah. yeah all part of the journey so yeah it was really cool talking to him you should check out that uh, that interview in the podcast feed but for now we have a lot of news to talk about we have a week and a half to catch up on um, but before jumping into news I'm just curious what everyone's been playing I'll start yes so coming back from PAX since we were right next to the Devolver Digital booth. Uh, I've reopened up Cult of the Lamb. 
and uh, I do really enjoy the the music in that game. But it has been fun to uh, like re get into that game. Did you start over? Or I started or did over. Did you never finish? Okay. No, I started over just for fun. And did you do the DLC then? No, I don't think the DLC DLC's is out. Oh, yeah. okay. I'm I was... excited for the DLC. Yeah, I I'll know nothing about it really, about but it is getting me back into Cult of the Lamb. Um, and then on the side of that, it's been uh, Harry Potter and Elden Ring. But that was my contribution is that something new happened to me, which is something old. But the new thing is that I'm playing <laughs> video games again, so that's new. Okay. That's a nice thing. I actually just listened to the Cult of the Lamb soundtrack earlier. We got picked it up on vinyl while we were there. And dude, it's so good. Yeah. I it, like I it's actually really forgot good. how good it is. It is so good. Yeah. But yeah. We should play it sometime because I have no idea what the music oh in my that gosh, game it's sounds. Great. Like. You can listen to it again and know it immediately. It's fa- it's uh, fantastic. Probably not. I also do most of my games on mute. True. What? <laughs> I play most like, of my games. Like on ga- mute? I play like most of my games mute? with the sound off, yeah. Not even with like turn off the music, I want to see hear on the sound my, effects. On my switch, usually the sound is off. Is it because you're like watching TV or something? Usually, if I'm playing the Switch, it's because I'm multitasking. Yeah. Hmm. You're but even if I'm, I don't right know. Now. Even if I'm, yeah. No. I, just want Most... you know, I just want you to know that personally speaking, this is barbaric. Yeah. <laughs> uh, be like, imagine going to I don't know the Met and you're wearing like sunglasses, sunglasses the, the entire time, right? <laughs> exactly. It's like yeah. it's too bright in here. I'm usually multitasking when I play games in general, honestly. Yeah. Mm. I, I I will say that there are certain games Savage. that I definitely yeah. multitasking for sure. But, like, if I'm, like, freshly enjoying an experience, it's, like, no, I'm, like, my whole focus is on that. Candles. I'll, I'll speak up. Silk Jamas. Shortly. I also, I feel like it's the type of game I like to play. Like, I like to play a lot of open world games, and so a lot mm. of it is, like... That makes more You're sense. just autopiloting. Yeah. So, yeah. like, if I, like, start a game... Like, when I started Harry Potter, I'm, like, all right, you know... Put on the silk robe. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Light the candles. Yeah, wait till Dim the kids are all asleep, you know, husband's away, and I, like, focus, and I just watch the opening cutscenes, whatever. And, like, for the first few, like, story cutscenes, that's what I'll do, too. But then, you know, it just took too long. So then, <laughs> then, then, then sitting here, like, all right, let's bang out some of these Merlin trials. Well, yeah, on YouTube. So then, see yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That's At that fair. Point, that's I'm fair. turning yeah, the volume fair. down, I, and I'm watching something There are magical moments. Or I'm listening to something. And there are not magical moments. I mean, hour yeah. 37 is going to give you many surprises in the sound department. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I sure. completely agree. And so I, I'm not, I would not chastise you for that. That is, I do that, too. You know, there are just certain games where it's like, you know, this is like, you know like Resident Evil 4 that just came out. It was like, I didn't multitask for one minute while I played that game. I was like fully in there. But we'll talk about that in a second. Yeah, there's a couple games like... No, not too many. <laughs> <laughs> Have you been playing like, anything this past week or so? No, I would play Death Stranding because it's a big, it's an easy multitasking game. I saw game. you on that. Yeah. You're I just like needed... almost near the Platinum for the second one. Didn't you, didn't you no, get the Platinum in the first one? I did not. Oh, and I, I, I was playing so much that i was like maybe i will look at the platinum and like see how hard it is to get and no. it was not worth it oh, okay. it was not stuff i wanted to do i was like oh if it's like just you know get five stars and all of the locations whatever like pff, i'll do that yeah but it was like you know carry this package from this place to this place hopping on one foot with a weird hat and like I'm not, you know? <laughs> <laughs> it was like all these like weird contingency type deliveries or things I like see. that I, those is those that trophies the new one or are for the not, old one for the new one, for the director's cut. Uh, when oh, you okay. said when you said Death Stranding two, I had to look it up. I was like, did that? Yeah, come I, out? I, I didn't want to sound like an idiot. Like, <laughs> yeah. did I miss something? I oh, also no, didn't want to sound cut. like an idiot. Therefore, I checked my the phone. director's cut. That's yeah, it's actually me. funny. I booted into old Death Stranding. Yo, you have to you had to install that again. I, well, I, I 
I did. I can't remember the. the Why did you? That's like a three-hour install. I can't remember the context for it. It was pretty. It was like it kind was, of negligible, but it was for the oh the PlayStation Stars thing. Yes. That's right. Um, uh, but uh, when I booted that game up, yo, it is rough. <laughs> it's like sub thirty FPS, like real chuggy. Like really? Oh man! Even on the PS5, director's cut looks great. <laughs> real chuggy. No, the director's cut's good because they, yeah. it's actually sixty. You know yeah. what I mean? It's like designed for PS5. But uh, no, I guess the was that PS4 is rough. Yeah. Yes. So you were playing on the PS4 or the PS5? I was playing on the PS5, but it's not coded to work. Wow. Wow. So yeah. I had been delaying getting work. Resident Evil 4 because I was hoping one of you guys got it physically. Sorry. Physically, and you didn't. So I think now. you still have one of my other games already. So even if Do I? I did have it, you I wouldn't get it. <laughs> Maybe I, I have. Think you still have the quarry. Oh, I do still have the quarry. That's true. <laughs> Did yes. you beat that? Not that I'm dying to play that anytime soon, but <laughs> yeah. for a, I have a, I have a time, policy. Yeah. I have a policy. One game out at a time. Yeah. That is that's it. fair. You know, on crit rate, I yeah, voted I that game as uh, on crit rate. I rated that game as like a love it, and then over time, I did change it to a leave it. <laughs> I will <laughs> never play that game again. Yeah. <laughs> it's just not that good. I enjoyed my first time with it. Yeah. The fourth time, didn't enjoy it so much. It's like if I was to tell previous Justin to save him some money, I would have told him that for mm-hmm. sure. I yeah. Like, Don't buy I told game. uh because they play them differently. Corey, I'm playing with James and Jenny, so I'm like yeah, waiting for them fun. to come over because right. yeah. it's like a group game. Um, I don't care. But yeah, I told these them, are my rules. <laughs> I told them that you had played it four times, and it comes up now every time we play. Every time we play, they're like, "So you're telling me." <laughs> That's he, he listened played. to this dialogue four times. Yes, yes. I did. And did like I don't, okay, but I don't understand. Like, explain to me. <laughs> we had yeah, to talk God. about it like four times. That's what. Be like, Justin's <laughs> a little crazy. Yeah, right? <laughs> this is just what it is. Um, so that's cool. Alex, what have you been playing? You yeah. So everyone definitely knows that I've been playing. Let's get into it. Yeah, and I'll leave like the more detailed. You're gonna know way more than me, of course. Yeah. But uh, so I've been playing Resident Evil Four, and I beat Resident Evil Four. Me too. Um, I beat it this morning. One yeah. week. How long is it? Not long. First playthrough, depends on how much you really care. I played on the hardest difficulty on the first playthrough, and okay. that was like Pass. 18 hours. <laughs> I did the normal difficulty at, I think it was 14 hours. Yeah. Okay. It was very, hours. like, very manageable. It sounds like a Last of Us length kind of game. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's a first joy to move through, though. So I mean, was... it's getting rated very high across all the houses. I don't know. So I feel it, like I'm playing yeah. it for maybe the I would want to play it for maybe the same reason that you would want to play yeah, it. Yeah, so I've never played a Resident Evil game. Yeah. Um, I've never played 4, and I feel like it's such a moment. It's such a staple. It, I wanted yeah, it in my gaming history. Yeah. Yeah. in my gaming back pocket. Yeah. So I picked it up. I pretty much bought it right when we got back from PAX, and I just like wrapped myself in a blanket and played that game like until... I mean, it took a, it still took a while, but yeah, um, I beat it pretty quickly, and it was like way. I don't know what I was expecting. Like, yeah. I knew it was gonna be good, <laughs> but it was way better than I thought it would be. Really? Yeah. Okay. Like that's good. It was. Because I'm a little worried it's gonna be underwhelming. It's just well, like, no, oh, it's just an action shooter, or whatever. So the pacing of it's pretty phenomenal. Like you're moving from like quiet, interesting scenes to like heavy. It was hard. like the action scenes. You were fuck. You were overwhelmed, and you have like a gun with little M. You're like, what is happening? And you're just like, I'm bringing out all my guns. I'm like, and again, this is like Skirba, a lot of experience with it. But me, I'm like, I don't know how this game operates. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know like the rhythm of a Resident Evil game. So it's like, I. It's just. Well, this one's a little different from. I mean, because all the Resident Evil games they kind of vary in how they play, right? And this one was sort of the first one of its. 
kind so, so, in like sort of like the more the, actiony type yeah. of so, gameplay until Resident Evil. Like, so, so the framework here is Resident Evil one through three right. were all static camera angles, tank controls. That so was Code Veronica. Then they remade one on GameCube, same thing. Once they hit Resident Evil 4, which is the, the next game they made on GameCube, or right. Resident Evil 0, or whatever, uh, when 4 came out, it was... So, I mean, this is the... I said this in chat, but Resident Evil 4 is the progenitor of every third-person shooter that's ever come out after that. Right. So if you've ever played a third-person game, its roots live in Resident Evil 4. Like, th- that is the game that made every third-person shooter what it is. Gears of War, Horizon, all these games are rooted in Resident Evil 4, which is like... I mean, and that's just, that's history. You know what I mean? So it was where that all started. But then since then, every Resident Evil game followed a more and more action-oriented trajectory right. to the point where it really turned off a lot of the core audience because they basically stopped being horror games. Until it came um, back. And then when they when they started doing basically the, the PS4 generation on, when they did 7, uh, seven and 8, those are both, both uh, first-person shooter games, but they follow a very similar action-oriented structure. And then when they did the remakes of 2, 3, and now 4... All of those follow this more modernized, sophisticated third-person shooter angle. So they are ultimately all action games, um, but just just with a, a spooky context. But they but yeah, they're also like, how like scary is for it's this not is my biggest barrier to entry. Two, <laughs> Alex would be the the one to answer this. Is um, and I play with headphones on too. Like I don't often yeah. play with headphones on, but it's like I want to hear what's going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and the beginning was definitely creepy. But it wasn't as scary as I thought it was going to be, like it's nightmare most, scary, you yeah. know, like PT. It wasn't that. It was yeah. just there are creepy moments. Some things sort of like jump out occasionally, but it's not like dark hallways. Like yeah, that no, kind there, of scary. There's, there's no jump scares. It's not a jump okay. scare thing. It is an atmosphere of spooky Intention. and like and like this guy is running really fast at me. And I'm going to shoot. There are a few jump scares. <laughs> like, thing, yeah, well, I thing, like you. <laughs> I mean, you go to open a locker the, the, and something falls out. Guy, yeah. Well, a, cu- a couple things will like fall out of closets yeah, yeah. or something. But. Is it scarier than The Last of Us? Good yes. question. Yeah. Yeah. Last of Us not scary. Well, it depends on what you think is scary. Like, do you think gory things are? I scary? I think The Last of Us is kind of scary. Uh, I think the, the clickers Last of were us, horrifying. Yeah. Okay. The tension with so that is the way that you're high. describing it is kind of how I would describe the Last right. of Us. Like it's so, not so like the there's a couple like jump scares. Not really like jump scares, but it's like you're walking down a hallway and all of a sudden like a clicker jumps off the wall at you, and so it's like a quick moment. It's yeah. not like it doesn't like linger. It's not really horry, but like it is technically a jump scare, and like it is creepy and it's very atmospheric, and like I, you're in this dark room I would and say there's the be- zombies like kind of creepily yeah. coming at you. Like that level I could handle, but that was like the the peak that's what i was like i don't want it to be any scarier than this yeah <laughs> then i think i think the beginning maybe sounds like that but you get used to the rhythm of it and you see all the enemies so, sort of like, like at yeah the which is also like, how i feel about to, the last of us like by the time you get to the end yeah. like you're not you know the to, clickers were creepy when you first got to them but then eventually you're just blowing their heads off to give you the spectrum it's like <laughs> it's like if if the concept of scary things bother you like if, yes. if if scary imagery bothers you, it does. Meaning like if you see somebody like hanging upside down and they don't have a head, is that scary to you? Like maybe that's scary to you. Or like yeah. if you a th- a common thing that happens in the game is you will shoot an enemy in the head and their head will explode and then a brain will come out with a big blade and now the brain is attacking you. Like so, th- <laughs> but but this is what I'm saying. So it's like it's it's scary in the in like the this might be weird imagery to get used to but 
it this one of the pieces of magic of Resident of Resident Evil Four is that it's rooted in such weird campiness. Like the main character is like making jokes about the situation in stuff. real time that are so completely dumb. incongruent with what's actually happening. It was so. so- like early 2000s oh, yeah. it was but hilarious so good for that it's so good for that it like, would just come out of nowhere and you're like what like, yeah. like you'll so the, you know there's a, a character that's following you through most of the game ashley it's it's like an escort mission but like not really um and like she'll when you go to shoot things she's like leaning over your shoulder like looking at you shooting stuff and you'll like take a sniper rifle and blow this dude's head off and she's like yeah you got him <laughs> and it's like, what <laughs> it's like you just straight murdered this person and exploded their head everywhere and she's like yeah good job it you're be- so cool leon <laughs> what about a comparison to like bioshock Cause i thought bioshock was like creepy like that's beyond creepy. the point of where i'd want to probably play more it. creepy that, that's creepier yeah. There are yeah there I would say there are like rare moments of RE4 that carry a level of tension. Spe- I, I would say this, I'm not scared by most things. I actually enjoy it a little bit. And there's probably one enemy in the entire game of Resident Evil 4 that really upsets me to fight. And like, but there's like three of them in the whole game, so it's like okay, I you know, do I get, get through that. I do get scared by things easily, honestly. Um, and it was just it was the beginning of the game, honestly, not knowing really what I was getting into. And, like, just to lay it out, light spoilers, like, whoop, you're walking, you're walking into a creepy house, and then some creepy things happen, you know? And you don't have any ammo, you feel weak, like, you feel vulnerable, but that was the scariest part of the game for me, because, like, as a human, I didn't know what was happening, but then my character was weak, but as the game went on, like, I became more capable, I understood the enemies and how to take them down. Yeah. And it became much more of, like... You understood that loop, and then yeah. scary things weren't as... It's a, it's a big power dynamic shift, where at the start of the game, you have a knife and a pistol, and then maybe okay. within three hours of the game, you have, like, this fantastic shotgun and an assault rifle, and it's, like, all these things that were intimidating before. Now you're just mowing dudes down and blowing up barrels. Like, it, it really kind of conforms to this, like, action game. heavily action-oriented thing with this spooky subtext. Like, know? there were a lot more... Um, I'll, I'll say buy it physically for you. I'll, yeah, I'm already thinking like maybe do you want to split it? <laughs> oh, I, there's I a lot more like mention that. Yeah. There's a lot more like non-traditional action sequences that I was expecting. Like yeah. So t- tell us more about your experience. We kind of yeah. got off the rails here. Yeah, um, sorry, I the conversation. I was, no, it's okay because that, that was a huge part of it because I, I, it's part of the reason why I've not avoided Resident Evil but just never really got into it. Yeah. But I was never just went out of my way to go back to it. Exactly. But I was really impressed by just how it all unfolded. Like it really sent you through a lot of interesting like sequences and the story was interesting and i just i felt like i was in these places and there was just a lot happening where um they set up really interesting scenarios where like you're being trapped or against the wall or these new enemies are coming at you or like i was saying there's these non-traditional sequences where like like in the I'll, i don't want to ruin them but like in the past maybe they'd be quick time events but now right. they're these interesting situations and they give you different weapons and it just yeah. did they remove the quick time events yeah there are no quick time events uh-huh. the yeah there, well there, there's like the you know the odd Were there like originally oh heavily right okay. yeah. that's yeah. what i thought yeah so in, was, in the old yeah. game it's like hit these two buttons really quick or like you get an yeah, instant or, death or something okay. whereas in this game it's like you might get the odd like somebody grabbed you and you have to mash x to get them off you right but like that's pretty much as as far as it goes i, okay. I think i was just really impressed by the um 
much like the loop but also the uh the progress that you make throughout the game yeah like there's a word i'm missing what progression Pro- yeah. yeah oh sorry the progression yeah of course the uh, progress you make. i know i'm like <laughs> oh, there's something missing here it's close but it's yeah. not there but just like the way you get guns and the upgrades and how that that's all given to you and just how you interact with the zombies and like after a while you feel like a badass but then you're taken down like a new enemy comes up and right. yeah. there's like a puzzle aspect to it but things are again things are happening at a good clip where yeah. it's like I don't know. It just draws you into the game and makes you really feel like it's like you're making some nice, tangible progress. Yeah. Um, it it moves you through these paces so effortlessly that it makes it hard to put down because it's like you'll yeah. get into an area and you're like, oh, cool. There's this new area. I want to like search for all the items. And then it's like, oh, wait, but now there's this action sequence and I got to fight all those things. And then it's like, well, now I killed all these things and I want to pick up all the shit that they dropped. And then it's like, oh, wait, there's a merchant on the other side of this. So let me go to the merchant. Oh, my God, there's all this new stuff I could buy. Oh, I got this new what? gun. Let me go use it. Like and yeah. it, it just keeps going. You know what I found interesting, too, is that it's there's still some holdovers from like the older like it's an older game, so you'll still see mm-hmm. some of those holdovers, but they were kind of nice too. I'm curious what what you saw like specifically. Um, what made you feel that way? I wish I took I wish I took better notes. I kind of just like flew through it, but for sure the combat is like it's definitely an action focus, but it's slower. Mm-hmm. Like you can't. I keep wanting to roll, like yeah, or yeah. dodge. Mm-hmm. Yep. No so you're natural. you're walking and shooting. Yeah. And which is oh. part of the. Well, that's very. Realistic. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a lot more of like I sort can't of. Dodge roll. Can you dodge roll? In what? Real In real life? life? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> it's I difficult. could, but it would be very ineffective. <laughs> <Ugly>. Yeah. <laughs> so it would like, not get me from point A to point B faster. <laughs> there's no invincibility frames on that dodge yeah. roll. But I kind of liked it too because you sort of started to. You saw how the game operated. You knew, you knew the zombies would run quickly up to you, but then stop five feet from you and then walk toward you. You're like, okay, I can just wait and just yeah. blow this guy's head off and then knife him on the ground. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, you can, yeah. <laughs> no, that's that's like some, that's how you do it. That's, that's how you do it. It's some pro level stuff. I mean, once you like, that's what's so cool about the combat too, because like you can, there are levels at which you can engage with it, where it's like you can just shoot stuff. You just want to shoot stuff, just shoot stuff, you know. And like that's perfectly fine. But there's also this like this layer of uh, melee combat, but you can only trigger melee by shooting guys like like in the head and when they're stunned, then it's like they're stunned, you run up to them and you like kick them down and then if they're like, okay, so now they're on the ground, so you can just like shoot them while they're on the ground or you like take your knife out and just start fucking cutting them up. It's really cool. Yeah. Um, it just, again, it had some pretty hilarious early 2000s stuff. Like the dialogue, hilarious. Uh, story's interesting, but it, it's definitely sort of like a... I mean, it's not going to really hang its hat on that, but it's like an interesting sort of like get you through the game. Um, it has, of course, like a shooting gallery, like yep. mini games. Yeah. Like this is very early. And Leon's that just, Leon is just such a, like he's Dante, you know, it's like yeah. that type of he's the best protagonist. Yeah, just he's like, so cool. Like, he's just he's like, like capable, but he's also uh, capable, aloof. cool. He's aloof, aloof yeah. emo. Yeah, yeah. He's got um, the hair for it. It's funny because if you played RE2, his disposition does change pretty drastically. His disposition was like he's a oh. he's like a peppy, like bushy tailed, like he's new like, cop. I'm a new cop in yeah, town. I'm, new cop. I'm, I'm gonna, gonna follow the rules. Yeah, this this cracked me up too because this is something I remember being much more of a thing in earlier games, um, but it's. Again, I don't want to spoil it, but like, there's a part where you interact with a character, and they're, and he's like, 
He's like, don't you remember back in the day in the jungles where, yeah. like, me and you, we trained together for America, like yeah. for the United States. Yeah. I'm like, and it's like, I dude, have orders directly from the president, and dude, you're like, it's, it's, it's so ridiculous. And this is the thing that's straight out, like that is yeah. the dialogue from the original game. And like, it's like games used to be more irreverent. Yeah, like you know, the United States of America, like that was a thing to kids, yeah. I guess. Like, yeah. this is important because Leon S. Kennedy and I have to save the president's Exa- daughter. Yeah. Exactly. The president like, exactly. called. Yes. Wasn't that Contra's end, which was like you get a phone call from the the president saying you did a good job. Here's yeah. a pizza or some shit. That's yeah. the end of bad dudes. That's it. So yeah. many. It's very like yeah. national treasure. Yeah. So, right. <laughs> presidential stuff like that in the United dudes. States. Yeah. Like I don't know. It was that's so. It was that was hilarious. Well, well th- to me. Th- this is what Resident Evil yeah. is like. Resident Evil in almost all of the situ- like in almost every game, there is this like weird, campy undertone to like a ridiculous, scary situation, and it only leans into that the more you get into it. And it'll have these moments of sincerity, but it's 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 just has this like shadow of weirdness over the whole yeah. thing, where it's just like you kind of just have to like nod your head through what's going on. You're like. Okay, uh, you know, ex-military compatriot, I guess, sure. (laughs) You are my ex-military compatriot, and you've got a chip on your shoulder. Like, let's talk about it. Like, (laughs) it's just, like, cool. But then, like, but then you'll have moments where they're like, what are you going to do with the virus? You're going to kill the whole fucking city, (laughs) you know? Yeah. It's like, it. but that's that's what it is, you know? And the the best part is, is, like, that lore ties straight through the whole series. Like, there's stuff that's talked about in Resident Evil... Uh, four that literally occurs in Resident Evil One, which is a game from like two decades previous. It's like it's so cool how it all kind of comes and, together. And like, I, I want to make a point, and then I'll pass it off to you. But I totally lost my train of thought, so let's see if I can get there before the end of the sentence. Um, oh, so yes, I got there. All yes, right, got great. it. Nice. <laughs> uh, that was close. So af- I couldn't help myself, but after the game ended, I, I went back and just looked through a couple different YouTube videos to see like what they changed. Yeah. And yeah. what's happened. Yeah. So I think this would be a nice like segue to throw it to you and get your yeah, perspective yeah. but like i appreciated it as i was going through the game and it felt a little modernized so i was interested to see if they really changed that yeah and time. they did and it was um ashley's character oh yeah yeah and ashley's character kind of sucked in the previous yeah. game so that's really what i mean annoying. and and those types of characters generally suck and if you're looking at an early 2000s game, it's like, it's going to be a weird female character. And it's going to be this weird sexual tension between her and the main character. The sexual tension was still there. So what, I appreciated that. It was, but I liked... and It was pe- more tasteful, Well, some, some people did not like it. I There was a lot of controversy about like how they dealt with her character. Like, yeah, now you can't... For example, you can't look up her skirt anymore because she's wearing a skirt now. And it's like stupid shit like yeah. that yeah. that people the, are upset the, about. In the GameCube one... A skirt is one. like a combo... Like bike shorts, shorts? It's, it's like you're wearing jean usually, shorts under a skirt. Yeah, it's usually. I mean, no, but <laughs> that's what she's wearing in the game. Well, yeah. she's wearing yeah, jean well, shorts. No, it's it's like spandex. Yes, like, yeah, yeah. It's usually uh, like yeah, biker like shorts sports, underneath. Yeah. Biker yeah. Shirt, yeah, yeah, yeah. So and she's she came across very. She came across much more capable in that game. Like she was his partner, and she was kind of like not a ditzy. She wasn't a totally helpless. Yeah, like. Well, she in the in the original game, she wasn't totally helpless. There was definitely like a so there were well, she does hide in this game too. Yeah, not in dumpsters specifically, but like uh, like a lot of the dialogue is actually carried over. Where she's like, like we're a great team, right, and all this kind of stuff. Like those things did carry over, but there was a more kind of people were let's say immaturity to the previous game. People were complaining that um, she's braver in this game and that they aged her up. 
But, they definitely or, aged her up. Or they aged her down in the old games, because she's supposed to be 20, and she looks 20. But if you look at the old model... She, yeah, she looks like a kid. She looks like a kid. She has this Act little like girl kid, accent. Yeah. I think... Correct me if I'm wrong. I think she offers to sleep with Leon at the end of the game, and they took that out. No, she basically or implies. Says, well, she implies something at the end of this one too. <laughs> but like, uh, well, there's whatever spoilers. But um, the the comments are maybe less gray. Let's yeah. say in the old game, like she says, "Hey, Leon, how about after we get home, uh, we do a little overtime." You know, like uh, that, yeah. that, I mean, that was the statement from the previous right. game. Yeah, and I it's can like, see that could potentially mean. Yeah, uh, so things. it's like it's like the end of a again, game. It's, it's like a, the end of an old James Bond movie. You know, yeah, there's right. always yeah. those. It's like, the product of its time. You exactly. know, what I mean? well, exactly. And that is a, that is 100 percent the feel that they were going for. They changed it but, this uh, time though. Yeah, uh, to a slightly different line, but okay. still an implication. Is it would be a spoiler if they just they. My interpretation of it is, and just playing throughout the game, and maybe it wasn't that different, but. She's a pretty good side character, all things considered. And she yeah. wasn't; she didn't annoy me that much. Yeah, um, there are certain things that really annoy me. Yes, about there are certain times where, yes, not, not not in dialogue. I'm just saying in the function of her character. They, like the breathing is, is okay. Brutal. I will explain. Yes. Yeah, explain the things that you didn't like. The breathing was annoying because um, she's. I can't fo- imagine when you if you were playing with headphones. God, yeah, I know. You just hear. So the, she's following you, you around, and when you're running, she has. She just pants a lot. She's got like weird anime girl breathing. Yeah, where like she'll just be like, wait, wait. <laughs> like yeah. all the time, yeah. like like it, all the time. It, and it's it like, was accurate. And it's the kind of thing where like as it's happening, it's like okay, we stopped moving yeah. a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> like, you should not be breathing like this. Like what is happening? And this and was present in both the original and the new version. No, that's that's specific to the new version. Yeah, I don't oh. remember. Yeah, in the old version, like. So the, the annoying parts about her in the old game is that, like, so she had a health bar, and you had to, like, manage her, her health. I would yeah. hate that. Yeah, in this game, she does not have a health bar. There's, there's like, she's... Just I, an accessory. I, she's just a tail, you yeah. know what I mean? She just kind of follows you, right? She's tails. Yeah, but she can, she's tails. She's, she, she's tails. She can, um, she can die, though, but... Yeah, they can snatch you, her, right? They can... No. Well, well they, yes, you, but... Yeah, I mean, that, that's... They like can knock standard. her down, and then she gets hit again. Yeah. But she, she doesn't have like a health bar. Like you don't have right. to heal yeah. her with items. I much oh, prefer the yeah. Uh, yeah. Like that was a thing in the old game. Nope. Yeah. Wouldn't so, like that. So there's actually like a lot Thumbs of stuff down. that they changed about it. Um I would say there are there are obviously pluses and minuses in, in both cases. And I'm I'm trying to remove my like this like I've probably played and beaten the original Resident Evil 4 like literally 30 times. And I'm not even exaggerating. Like each each iteration that it's been released on, I did I've not beat. think that you were exaggerating. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. So so there there are pluses and minuses, and I'm not trying to let nostalgia sort of drive this. I'm thinking like right. as objectively as I possibly can. So like from on a positive angle, it's like they definitely streamlined uh, a lot of the segments of the game, just like how you play through things. It's like they added a, a small layer of linearity that you don't really feel while you're playing it. But because I'm like hyper familiar with the previous game, it's like it's kind of obvious, but it's uh, but it's good. It makes the game pace better. You know what I mean? Because you're just moving through set pieces at a more comfortable can, clip. You know, can I add one annoyance that yeah. is this would. If it were a modern game made today, they wouldn't do this, I, I guess. But you cannot, and I didn't know this until later in the game, yeah. you can't go back to areas. Yeah. So it's like... That's the same thing in well, the old it's, one. It's linear. Yeah, well, yeah. It, but it's like, it's sort That's of an open... But it's open world, in a way. It's, like, it's, there's a huge map. It's like, So it's a three-act game, and each act 
is basically has its own sub world that you can explore oh. almost open endedly. But there's there's parts where it's like I got a key for something and I like I actually messaged you about it. I was like yeah. I got these three pieces for this thing and I forget where it is. Yeah. But I was like, oh, I'm sure I'll find it later. Yeah. You cannot get back to that later. Yeah. Well, so I never open that chest. And like there are there are things that needed keys. And I'm yeah. like, I don't have this key. I'm sure I'll get it later. I never did. And yeah. I never opened that thing. So, so th- is this is... That is super it's, annoying. So you get this, the, that's so, how it's... And do you keep those items in your inventory? Yep. Uh, so, okay. You so, can sell them. All right, stare so, at them forever. So hang on. So hang on. <laughs> there's so, an so, actual, <laughs> so hang on. There's actually like a space inventory system in... So, I, so uh, this is not... I, I hear you, right? I would personally say that this is not a thing the game did wrong because like this is this is a part of the resident evil formula like resident evil in and of itself is a puzzle box that you are unfolding you are finding new like ways to do things finding new items and the puzzle box slowly unfolds as you go through the game so things like this like finding keys that go to the right places and all this sort of stuff that is absolutely what resident evil is so it's like more of a quirk of this type of game and everyone's going to interact with the game differently and I understand there's going to be some people that play the game once and they're like that's that's the game but these games are ultimately intended to be played through multiple times in order to optimize your play because like if you go back like if you think through how you've played through the game there are major moments in the game that you could completely bypass that that you don't need to engage with to get to the end of the game or there's stuff that you might have missed or maybe did things in a different order and that's that's what the game is in every resident evil game it's like it's finding the right way to open these things up that's why at the end of the game it gives you a rating based on time number of saves number of heals like those those all factor into what they would consider to be optimal play and and i think once i realized that like I think that was fine. Yeah. But it hurt me a little bit to like know that I had this key I would never use. Oh, for sure. Or like, like there are places where you can only get to if you have two people. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, oh, I'll definitely do that later. But there must have been one time where I had two people that I didn't. You'd have to like really backtrack to get to that spot. Yeah. yeah. And I just like didn't want to do that, but assumed that I would come back to it later. You don't. Like you yeah. do have to do that backtracking. Yeah, yeah. To get to that one spot to get that chest that's there. Well, and. Not a spoiler, but it's like when you do those things, it's like the environment changes. Like when you yeah. go, like when you go to backtrack, there will be areas that you've cleared out that are totally different. Yeah, with like all new enemies or, or new things happening in there. So it's like it it recontextualizes moving through the map in that way. So and this, this game, I think it actually does it way better than the previous game. And it's there. just again, it's just one of those things where it's like. I didn't know that that was the flow and I'm used to the modern game where yeah. it's, it's really, you know, you're really allowed to make those mistakes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I wasn't ready for that. Yeah, yeah. No, for sure. But yeah. So, so going back to yeah, some yeah. of the, the, uh, changes, the, some of the changes. So yeah, the, lin- the added layer of linearity, I think is actually ultimately a positive thing and it really, uh, helps the pacing of the game. I think the changes that they made to Ashley are all better. Cause like, yeah, I mean, as far as like the immaturity stuff around like, yeah, like looking up her skirt and shit, it's like none of that benefited the game in any way in the previous version. It's like, it's just not necessary. It's, it's frankly just kind of stupid. People are just, yeah, yeah. I know. So, so now kind of yeah. moving into this more mature version, great. Removing the health bar, great. Like there's also a lot of the, uh, I don't know, <laughs> a lot of the lines that she would say in the previous game would be repeated ad nauseum. Whereas in this one, they actually, like it still happens, but she does change the things that she's saying. So it feels a little bit more natural. The breathing is awful though. That is like, I 
I would imagine on the first patch of the game, they're going to either tone it down or potentially remove it completely because it's it's just distracting. Yeah, it's weird, distracting, and it's loud. Yeah. Um, the, as far as like content specific stuff, I love the way that they change. They they made very modest changes to the way that you buy and sell weapons. So in the previous game, you would buy weapons and upgrade them and all, all this kind of stuff. Um, but there was always like a little bit of a penalty to doing that. Like, you, like if you bought a weapon, you would sell it for less than what you bought it for. Right, that's right? standard. This game, not at all. It's like if you buy a weapon, you buy it for a certain price and you upgrade it as much as it costs. And it costs a lot of money to upgrade these weapons all the way. But when you go to sell the weapon, you get all of that money back. Wow. So it really encourages you to like experiment with different weapons because there's no downside, which is like awesome. I so. do wish you could buy old guns back. Though. You can. You can? Yeah. There's a whole menu that's a, that's rebuy and they're all there. Then I just missed that menu. Yeah. Every wow. everything <laughs> that sucks. Everything that you sell him, you can buy back. Damn it. Yeah. Wow. Because there were co- or more. For the same amount for oh, what wow. for what he bought it for. Wow, there yeah. were a couple guns where I was like, mm, I might want to go back to that other gun. Yeah, but let me guess, the riot gun when you switched to the striker, you were like the riot gun was better. Yes, yeah, <laughs> and the magnum because uh, it's super upgrade or whatever. Yeah, it was like uh, times. It was a damage, damage but yeah. the the next magnum was it. So, yeah, yeah, of course you know. But it's yeah. like, I didn't want the critical. I didn't know that those changed. I thought they were all damaged because yeah, I was yeah, only yeah. looking at the red nine and the magnum. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. small things. Yeah, but that's, like, that's, that's a little too zoomed in. But yeah, so the, the modest changes that they made to the weapon system I thought were great. They also added like little subquests to the game where like, oh, do this task or whatever. Were those not there? No. Okay. Well, they, the blue medallions existed in like two places in the game where it's just like, find these things and shoot them in the environment. Those existed in the first game, but all of the other ones did not. So like, that was really cool. Um, they also removed two major bosses from the game, really, which I thought was interesting, but in retrospect, they were kind of throwaway bosses anyway, and ultimately not very fun. Like I could see them at the table and they're like, do we bring this boss back? And they're like, no, this boss sucks. Let's not do that. So I'm happy that they did that. Um, there are some modernized changes that I do think take away from it slightly, mostly in the department of robbing you of atmosphere. So, like, for example, um, at one point in the game, you encounter a hedge maze. Um, Ordinarily, this would be an interesting moment because you're in a hedge maze. Ooh, what's around the corner? You can't see anything because you're in a hedge maze, right? Yeah. Um, Classic. But in this game, you could just touch the touchpad, and there's a fucking map to the hedge maze. So it so completely removes any like tension involved with the hedge maze. So it's like so, and I'm not saying that that's ultimately a bad thing. I'm just saying like it just doesn't really help that situation. I I agree, sort of on a bigger lens too, that I thought the map was too useful of a tool because they gave you Mm. like you go to a new area, you're like, what's happening? Oh, I have I have the full map. Yeah, it's also (laughs) funny because when you get certain missions where it's like shoot these five things, you're like, oh cool, I I need to go back to this area and shoot those five things, or you could just click the map and it shows you exactly where those things are to shoot, and it's Uh, like whoa. Like on one hand, it's like cool, that's that's easy, but then it's like oh that's really easy. Yeah, it makes the game it basically prohibits any sort of slowdown. But yeah. yeah, so all in all, I would say vastly improved as a game. Almost everything from a from like a storyline perspective was retained and I think improved in a lot of ways. Uh, although I hate Ada Wong's voice actress. She is terrible. So um, she was awesome in the first game. To hated her. Yeah. So you probably read about this, but like people people are actually like sending her death threats like it's 
Yeah. Like she's getting harassed like crazy. Ada Wong is an extremely important character of the franchise. She's yeah. she's like the the double agent, right? It's like she's the character that always operates in the background, and she's like the most badass of everyone because it's like you follow characters like Leon, and you're like, man, this dude's so capable. He's like going around doing shit, and Ada's always two steps ahead of him, and like and two steps ahead of everyone. Like she's really running the show, and like that's pervasive through most of the series. And when you hear her voice actors in this game, she just sounds like bored, and it's like. What a wait! Like you're such a yeah. cool character, and you sound like you don't even want to be here, you I, know. And that that was the biggest thing that people were upset about. And I know that. Well, I, I read that she she had actually voiced this character before and done a fine job. So well, I don't know whether two. She was the same one in two. So I don't know what direction they if they yeah, asked her I mean, to I'm change. I'm assuming that's a directorial problem. That, all that said, I will say I 100 percent agree she was terrible. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Like what? So maybe not her as a person like a voice actress but whatever performance the end product whatever went into that was not great so like just to get point and i'll jump to you justin just as a point of comparison the voice actor for leon is the same one from resident evil 2 and his resident evil 2 performance i would say was pretty not great because he's he's such a schoolboy. but in this game he's fucking awesome like they absolutely nailed his his like the correct attitude and everything and i was like that is great Go ahead, Justin. So would you say that it was like a Peter Dinklage and Destiny kind of like yes. performance? Yes. Like he just kind of phoned it in. She Let, kind of phoned it in. I, I it, don't even think she phoned it in. I think it was probably just like, okay, so your character aged by X amount of years and you're a little more hardened now. You're over it now. Be <laughs> that character. And it was just like, I don't know. I Like someone thought maybe the note was like, be less seductive because apparently she was very like. But that's. So that's what I mean. That's who she is. But that's what what I mean. But I think they maybe she's running around a battlefield in a red dress. I know. It's like who's doing that? So I think they went. Maybe they just went too far in one direction. Correction. Yeah. Yeah. Overcorrection. But she, it's because I don't think she phoned it because she's she's not some random character needs to be a temptress seductress kind of thing. I I I get that, but it's also like a little bit of she's just a boring character. Yeah. It's an overcorrection. Yeah. Yeah. They didn't they didn't replace it with something else cool. They just took everything away from her so i don't know what was going on there that seems like a very obvious miss so i don't know what i don't know what happened there but that was that was bad yeah yeah so that that was the thing but other than that i mean really like from beginning to end i think this is like if you like in your situation like if you haven't played a resident evil game there's almost like it's really hard to dislike this game i'd say because it's like it's just such a smooth experience. And just as like a video game, there's certain things that you're doing in it that just feel so good. Like when you get a good weapon that like when you can just one shot a dude and just take his head off immediately, there's just this snap to it, which sounds ridiculous because we're talking about blowing somebody's head up. But it's just like it's so satisfying. It's like, oh, man, it, it's a I, great. Room. I mean, don't say this lately, like never played a game like never played a Resident Evil game. That was probably one of the most enjoyable gaming experiences I've had in the past. Wow. like right. In a while, a couple yeah. years like it was. So would you Just, say top five? <laughs> top five of the last two years? All right. Probably. Wow. Really? It's good. Yeah. It's it good. Really? Yeah. I would say without a doubt it's game of the year territory right now. Wow. For sure. Wow. Like, I'd have to look back at all the games I'll that I've played. But, yeah, now we have to get yeah. <laughs> <laughs> looking at this versus like right. Hogwarts versus Dead Space versus that's it. Um, it's only it's only April. It is only April. Final Fantasy 16 is coming out this year. Tactics, uh, mm, true. Tactics. You know what I'm saying? Tears of the Kingdom comes out next month. But I would say out of those three, <laughs> three months, I probably yeah. had the most positive experience with this one because like Hogwarts was great, and I was like wrapped up in Hogwarts, and like I really like got absorbed into that world in a way that I wasn't expecting. But it you know it hit open world syndrome where it's yeah. like 30 hours in, you're yeah. just like okay, I'm just doing stuff. But in this game, it's like 
whether it was the first two hours, the middle two hours, or the last two hours, I was like just as gripped the whole there, time. There were multiple times where I was like, and maybe this is because it's an older older game pacing, but it worked in its benefit. But like, you just get out of like a big gunfight. You're like, oh man, I'm low on ammo. I bet they'll give me more. And like, there probably won't be another fight for a while. And you're yeah. immediately thrown into another fight. You're like, what the hell? Like yeah. now, you're, now you're like scrambling again in this big fight. And you're like, I can't believe they're making me do this again. Yeah. But it's like a good thing. Yeah. Like, you're you're not just overflow, or at least I wasn't just overflowing with ammo yeah, to the I mean, point where I'm like, right? yeah. So it's it's. The, the enemies that were coming at you in the situations that you were in versus the amount of resources at your disposal, like they matched up well. Yeah, and it and it changes it up. You know, there's not like an expected rhythm. It's not like okay, I went through a fight room and now I'm gonna go through the right. safe room and then I go through a fight room. And that it's not that at all. It's like you're on your toes the whole time. It's like you don't know what's gonna happen next. And I don't know. That's it's really good. It's actually kind of ironic how closely it kept to the original game in some ways like Ali was watching me play it for the first couple hours and I must have been so annoying while I was playing it because I was just like I was like I'm going to break this box and there's going to be a snake inside and she was like how do you know that and I was like snake inside (laughs) she's like wow (laughs) my My husband ladies and gentlemen (laughs) (laughs) so smart and so sexy yeah Great game. Great game. <laughs> yes. Yep. Yeah. Sounds like We've a good game. We've been talking about it for like an hour. Yeah. So. Sorry. Yeah, so, this is like uh, when Elden Ring came out. Yeah. <laughs> we yeah. just couldn't get over it, you know? Um, I'm glad that you guys are through the game in a week. Like that that kind of blew my mind a little bit. But at the same time, like it doesn't, yeah. it doesn't yeah. seem like, like Dead Space is probably the same. Yeah, I still have to play that game. Dead too. Space is solid. Yeah. Honestly, as far as like third person action game horror games go, like Resident Evil 4 is excellent it is like as it is as good as you're gonna get dead space is not far behind it i I think there could be an argument made where dead space might be even better than this it's probably well i mean because like i mean the difference between the two is like one is a little bit more campy and like it doesn't follow the horror genre to t and then you look at dead space and that's like the horror that's a horror well that's exactly right dead space is is scary the whole time resident evil 4 is like it's it's Little bit scary, mostly action with like a nice like right. with a nice swipe of levity over the top of right, it. Right. You know? It's a it's just a good thing. Um okay. Let's get into some news, let's shall do we? It. Well, let's get through the, the elephant in the room. E three hmm. has been cancelled. Yep. Not Shame. Looking Mom- good. Moment of silence? No. <laughs> it's been, this is the third year in a row that it's been yeah. cancelled. So yeah. what honest- is their plan? What could their so, plan even be at this point? And, like, if you haven't been following the news, um, it seemed like just more and more and no more publishers are dropping out. Ubisoft dropped out, and there were rumors that I think it was either Capcom or Sega wasn't going to be there. I mean, and without then, Nintendo, yeah. Microsoft, Sony, and, like, or, it's not and already they weren't yeah. going to yeah, be there. Right. So it's like. Well, I think. I, think I that feel like was... without those three, it kind of hangs on. Ubisoft and Capcom. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I think. Yeah. I feel like Ubisoft always has like a pretty big presence at Bethesda conventions. Bethesda does too, right? Yeah, at that's E3. true. Bethesda does. I think when I looked at the because there was like an actual like release that said like this is the thing. I think yeah. literally the same it was that they there weren't enough uh, like vendors of consequence. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like there just was like. It would turn into a less than packs, basically. Yeah, I mean, literally. And it's like, and it's Pop. It's like they're running all of these events. And if they're looking at this and they're going to be like, E3 is like not getting the same volume as packs, it's like, that's that's a scary thing, you know? I mean, and my take on this is, I mean, just roll our podcast back by a year. It's going to be the same take. Like, yeah. Because it's sad because the E3, you know, 
such a historic. Yeah, it's yeah. a historic event. Like yeah. we all love yeah. E3. Yeah. Three, three or four blah, 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 decades, blah, blah, blah. you know, it was so, like a historic, monumental event. Three or four, yeah. I don't three or four decades. Yeah, I mean they've they've been around since what 1995. There you go. So three decades almost. Yeah. 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 Wow. Three decades. Yeah. Two. Yeah. I don't know why. No. 95 then Three. you got oh, yeah close yeah close yeah 2005 we're old it's almost 15, 20, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it started to wane it was what 2019 was the last one so it started to wane it was waning a little bit i mean waned the moment 18 yeah the moment nintendo did down. nintendo directs it was over okay. <laughs> but i did what everybody was like oh i don't need to be spending this amount but of money look it's like i didn't need it to be what it was but it's sad to see the brand. Like they could have transitioned to a uh, yeah. Pax so, is still alive. Well, they could have, pa- but I mean. Pax, but they could have transitioned to the Summer Games Fest but model. I, I yes. have to assume that renting out two giant convention halls in LA for a week long event is probably incredibly costly. Well, that's versus, what, well, really that's what I'm saying. Long, like you right? could. It's Tuesday or Thursday. It's three days. I thought their thing was Tuesday Thursday. Oh yeah, you might be right. The the. Conferences the prince, are, o- the, are over the weekend before, but yeah. the actual physical event is Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Oh, I thought it was like Monday through. I thought it was the entire week. Yeah, like I, I feel like I totally forget. I don't know why they don't just like change it to a PAX model. Well, of. they didn't do. They should have done something. They didn't do PAX model, and like, they didn't move do it digital to a model. Weekend, open it up. To, I mean, they already started opening it up to. I assume it has to be population. With... So, like, why not just let. Yeah, well, I mean, PAX is perfectly successful. But uh, but PAX is also in, like, PAX is also in on the calendar and specific dates where there aren't big events happening around that time, you know? Whereas versus E3, now E3 has a big competitor in the summer, which is now, summer I guess. Summer Games Fest. Yeah, summer games right. Fest. Yeah. I think really the, the crux of it, and Justin, I think you hit the nail on the head, it was like, after the direct started happening, I think the... the expense involved in doing something like E3 just didn't make sense. Beyond the fact that ESA is taking their clip and like charging people just to have the privilege of being there, it's like think of what how a company needs to shift what it's doing in order to accommodate a convention like that. But right? I mean so if, but like just to like break it down, it's like you have to have something to show. So now you're prepping demos, right? Then you need manpower, then you need to pay for the space, and then it's like and that also disrupts your people's time for, you know, that weekend or whatever and travel and you're like, there, it's just a lot of layers of expense that I think these companies are looking at and they're like, or we could just make a live stream and get just as much economic business benefit. You but know? I assume like yeah. back in the day, I mean, like, so E3 originally was like the buyer show, right? Like like press like, only. Yeah. Or not, or, not or, even. Or, yeah. It was for uh, retailers. Right. right. Retailers to come in and see what games are around and then buy them in batches wholesale. Right. And sell them at their Walmarts or Best Buys or what the fuck ever. Right. But I assume after that, eventually it became more press because press started being like, okay, so this is where all the new stuff is. So I'm going to go here and like cover it which is going to be good for the games which means that's going to be good for the wholesalers at the end of the day so it all works anonymously right and then e3 eventually opened their doors to like the normal attendees and it became like this whole thing and that's i assume when things started going poorly yeah. but like now you look at the buyers and the buyers don't need to be there anymore like originally it was supposed to be an industry networking and like it was a CES. Right. It was a break yeah, off of CES. Yes, you know? exactly. And then it slowly turned into like PAX is more like a show for the people. And this was more of a show for the business, right? Yeah. In the but industry. That's and what like, we're saying. Though. Like, you, right. could, you could pivot to a show for the people and 
Though you could, still, but I right. think that might have been the nail in the coffin, though, because then it, well, they started doing that. The demands well, they tried changed. to. I think I think the attendees started coming because. I imagine at the time ESA is running the show, they're probably trying to make a bit more money. And they're like, well, if we start, if we open this to the public, we're probably going to make a shit ton of money. Right. But then the, like, I don't know, the, the load that gets put onto the developers to then create spaces that can accommodate all of these people and all these people that want to play and, you know, all this kind of stuff. It's like, does that really move the needle? more or less than a live stream you yeah. know i th- I think that that was the equation and i think there's part at least i know myself i look back at it with rose tinted glasses because i'm like well we were there and it was so cool and you know i remember being a kid and seeing where all the cool stuff comes from but i think it's just we exist in a different landscape it doesn't yeah. it doesn't need that it level of like showmanship anymore which sucks technology you know? has advanced enough well, to allow us to know that yeah. we don't need to put in this physical I, effort i think yeah. i think they needed to uh it was ESA's job to read the writing on the wall a yeah. little bit. Yeah. And when you start to see that um, digital events like the Nintendo Direct and, you know, Sony started doing it and then Xbox mm-hmm. and whatever, um, you got to start to pivot to like making, they could have made it a digital event. Yeah. They could have charged pivot. people to be part of that. Like you could have had a, like, just like Summer Games Fest, here, we're going to have a four day thing, put your stream on our thing. We'll throw the E3 brand on it and we're going to have a more of a digital event. Yeah. And you could transition that. Like you start with both and then maybe you go to that model if it works. Like you got to, you test that, but you got to see the writing on the wall instead of just forcing this large in-person conference. Yeah. Because it just didn't work. And then you get Jeff Keighley who's, who's, who absolutely saw what was happening, swoop in and just do the digital, totally annihilate them both with, the Game Awards, which really stole a lot of that thunder, but then the Summer Games Fest, which is a- essentially a similar excitement like yeah. conference. Yeah. They well, just didn't I, make I, enough I, adjustments. It was yeah. like sort of yeah. this weird halfway in between regular attendees, but also press. I don't know. I have no idea if the retailers were there. Yeah, <laughs> we right? don't see I any mean, of that. Yeah. You're saying Summer Games Fest? Or no, E3. 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 Yeah. 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 Like yeah. When, they, when they opened it up to the public, like it wasn't, they didn't make enough changes to because even like i think that uh we like bought like i bought a general admission ticket like a month beforehand like yeah usually that stuff is sold out sold out like way before that like i don't and i guess i don't know if it was because it was like sold during the week or people weren't traveling they didn't realize that you could buy tickets i don't know but yeah it was still (laughs) available and open and they didn't make enough adjustments when i look at summer games fest i feel like that actually has a better chance of getting a foothold now beyond the fact that it's like you know jeff keely and it's like a smaller scope event and he has the online component and all this kind of stuff like last year we saw that they did an in-person event and it wasn't like heavily publicized at the time because I think it was a strictly media focused event. And I would almost guarantee that this year he's probably going to do the same thing at a little bit bigger scale and bring more media involved. And I think an event like that does make sense because even if you do a smaller scale thing and you charge people like you charge media to come or whatever the case may be, um, you know, now you have exclusive hands on coverage for games that you might like you might want to have that, you know, just to be able to share those sort of like isolated opinions and allow the, you know, the media companies to thrive a little bit more because now they have these exclusives that they can deliver and it's a more manageable event because it's smaller in scope. You know, it's not this blown out thing. You're not charging people, you know, tens of thousands of dollars to make a freaking booth, you know? Yeah. It's I, too I, expensive. Hundreds for, of thousands. I was yeah. going to say, it's probably it's, like it's crazy. It's you know? too expensive for the developers and publishers to go. Like yeah. I, it's definitely why they all 
step out because I mean they could go to these smaller conventions and plenty of them still do. Like five thousand dollars. Nintendo yeah. showing up at PAX. You know yeah. what I mean? They're not yeah. debuting stuff most of, the, or at least they didn't at East. But like, why would Nintendo still go to that event? It's because they they like the idea of having hands on stuff and putting their brand in front of people at a smaller scale. Yeah. in an affordable way. And it must not you know? be freaking so expensive. Exactly. Compared to, I mean, it, they definitely. I don't know. Like, I feel like. It just reminds me of, I don't know, I feel like I watch a lot of documentaries about, like, you know, failed companies like Victoria's Secret and Abercrombie mm-hmm. and & Fitch. And the common, like, through line is always the same of, like, there are these big, either, like, some CEO or, like, you know, head guys in charge. And they come up with this business model that's incredibly successful. And so they think, I've got the answers. Like, this is the way to do it. But the world changes. And then yeah. they don't change with it. Change. And everybody around them is telling them, like, you have to adapt. You have to change. Like, you know, business is failing or people aren't showing up. Something's happening. And they're like, no, you don't understand. Like, I built this company from nothing and yeah. I made it so successful. This is the way we so succeed. I put the first hole in Abercrombie jeans. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> like, I know how to make something successful because I already did it once, but they don't realize that, like, that business model, that success model worked at that time yeah. and the world keeps changing and what was successful 10 years so ago is not going to be successful today. It's the ego that just evo- uh, that stops companies from evolving appropriately and then the fear just, of like and changing Jeff, your... Yeah, right. Yeah, I'll be uprooting your whole company and then it not be And then Jeff Keighley comes out of nowhere and gobbles up your business. That's how it works. Yeah. And it, I think it's, it's part ego and also like they, they think that what they did, they came up with the last idea of like this is going to work and so maybe like they don't have the right mindset or don't know the idea, don't know how to solve the current problem. They only figured yeah. out how to solve the last and, problem. And right. And you're sometimes it's just easier to start from nothing. Like your infrastructure is already set up to do E3 and do this in-person event. And now like Jeff, but Jeff Keighley started from scratch. You can just build it from nothing. Like there's right. nothing in place. Right. He's so. just looking at it from a fresh yeah. you know, third per- party perspective of like, this is what I want to change. And this is the right answer to everything. And yeah. he doesn't have to answer to a board or, you know, a CEO I, or, you know, all, I, all these other sort of older sort of set in their ways. It takes too long. Right. Once you're that giant, it takes so long to change. I'm just so happy that we were able to experience E3 before it all yeah, went to same. complete poop. Yeah. I mean, like, well, so for one, my first time at E3 was uh, 2013 with Justin. Um, and that changed my life. But like that time, I would say like, and looking back at the, at the, uh, the event, it was like we all with our like press badges or whatever waited by the door and the moment the doors opened everybody rushed to see what the wii u was <laughs> at the <laughs> nintendo booth and when you're running you're seeing all these other very and like now i'm like thinking back on it all the advertising was like super like retro they had i think dark uh they had 2013 i think they had dark souls 2 there at, at e3 do you remember 2013 or maybe it was dark souls 1 yeah it might have been dark souls 1 after i remember playing Demon souls I don't remember. I remember I, playing Bloodborne at GDC, and I was like, "This is." Sick. That was 2015. Yeah, I do remember playing Bloodborne at GDC too. That was sick, but <laughs> that was do so you remember, cool in the moment. That was really cool. But do you remember mm-hmm. E3 in 2013? Like uh, the boots there. I remember seeing this one guy standing there for three days straight, and he's saying the same thing on a microphone about I think it was like Duke Nukem or something like that. He's like, "Yeah," and you get home and you get your game and you like rip open the package that like slices open your hands or whatever. And I'm just like, "Dude, you said this." every day so far like that's the same you're the npc that i've always known existed and you're here we were those people yeah we totally yeah. were those people at pax 
yeah. made a joke. I like changing up my pitch line at PAX yeah. just to yeah. like just to make my brain do something different. If you're making <laughs> the same jokes over and over again, you're phoning it home. Yeah, you got to see if your you know? if your hit rate whoa uh, changes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but changes. I am very happy that we got to go to E3. 2017 was a monumental one because like we got to see the then then the potentially last ever real like nintendo booth at e3 with yeah. the breath of the wild like and all those little pressure plates and like the little like wait i was no, we was that 2016 yeah no we went that's to when one. i went by yeah. myself yeah, yeah no, we because went to there's one. also no, the mario no remember the mario odyssey one yeah the mario odyssey one was that was great. that was awesome that they made like a whole city block and they had the mario oh tank yeah, up front. yeah, yeah that, that was cool that was 2007 that was no that was eight Seventeen. I think it was twenty seventeen. Twenty seventeen. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's yeah. Well, that's when we all I, it was two thousand seventeen. Yeah. I went by myself in two thousand sixteen because you couldn't make it. Yes. And that was the Breath of the Wild one. Yeah. People talked a lot about that booth. Yeah. That Breath of the Wild booth. I, yeah. yeah. Anyway, it's sad. Yeah. yeah do we think that <laughs> it's, it's uh? Do we think that it's over? Over. It's a wrap. I think it's a wrap. Personally. Uh, I don't. Maybe not. Maybe they'll I, sell. I th- because this was the first t-shirts. year that Reed Pop was managing it, right? Yeah. yeah. So they might try again. I, think. I mean, like I, it's not like Reed Pop has failed three times, you know. I think they might. Maybe they'll try to pivot and do like exactly Summer Games Fest, but like E3, and then everyone's gonna be like, "Nope, I don't know." They're gonna try something. They, it's not yeah. called PAX Ultimate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. I feel like they're gonna pivot to something not that different and yeah. it will not be very successful because e3 like <laughs> is still a valuable like ip you yeah. know like it's yeah. it still carries a lot of weight if they just made it cheaper somehow to do physical some things or something yeah. to just to get and once they get nintendo back people will come back yeah i, I think i don't but know nintendo is hard to get because they're like i just want to save money I'm I'm digging into on everything the, including yeah. our consoles <laughs> <laughs> i'm digging into the e3 title carries weight and i feel like it's kind of like it's kind of like an old guard thing at yes this point, i you agree know? I, I think, think there is i think it's hard to believe but there is like a whole generation of gamers beneath us that like don't even know and don't even care don't like even it's care. it's not even not even remotely relevant to them because they're like whatever i'll watch my state of plays and you know whatever they call developer updates that xbox makes and it, the uh but it's one of those things that's like uh like a it's a pirates of the caribbean thing like but you have heard of me it's like they know what e3 is even if they don't have the same type of passion that we have for it yeah like it's still a valuable brand just through uh, just I mean, it's impressions and, yeah i guess it's better than nothing yeah. <laughs> valuable in that regard. it's a historic brand so it's like there's i would say from a business perspective it's still worthwhile to see how much you can milk that yeah i, I guess i've seen like i'm i look back and i'm like okay well you know, there there feels like there's other events that have sort of dissipated in that way. Like the World Fair used to be a thing. That doesn't exist anymore. You know what I mean? And that was the World a, Fair. That happened you know like I mean? twice. Though, didn't yeah, it? that was not like a long standing. Well, there's like it, it happened in different places in the world. You know what I mean? There was like the yeah, but France and the one yeah. But I'm just saying that was like a convention of like a grand proportion. Um, I don't it's know. Like, and we're still, still talking about it to this day. It's like CES. People still talk about CES because there's like actual product development and like technology being showed there so it still has yeah use and value right like i do think that if ces was ever to lose that then it's like well what people wouldn't really care about ces even though that's been going on for like forever yeah i don't know i i I guess i just don't i 
I don't know what that path is. You know what yeah. I mean? I don't know what it looks like for it to right. to be better because frankly, it's like, you know, I the digital model that we have right now, which is Nintendo Directs and and the like, you know, I I enjoy those things and it's it does carry a certain level of excitement for it. I don't know if it's better or worse than what E3 was, but I'm sure it's better for the for the publishers, you know what I mean? I'm sure Nintendo's like, we'll run Nintendo Directs all day and night if we don't have to pay I, yeah. over, you know, well into the six figures to run this event that may or may not move the needle, you know? It's like I think their yeah. best course of action might be to take a year or two off. I don't think they really I don't know how much they they're going to taking three years off well like yeah but they attempted <laughs> and failed like, don't yeah. even talk about it exactly <laughs> is like, that worse than even trying like i think you need like learn or not trying plan run something and see if you can run it out again and if it doesn't work uh it's probably gonna be dead for a while yeah we don't even know well, what the, in the meantime yeah. your enemy grows in summer games Fest. that's right but yeah. you got sometimes you gotta like retreat yeah this is kind of like well this, this is kind of like the Retreats. xbox microsoft deal <laughs> Which I don't know if you guys are following the the news on that, but it's, yeah, uh, it's looking like it's actually really going to happen. And uh, PlayStation does like basically said some like foolish things that I don't think are serving them very well. Um, yeah, I forget what those things are, but I remember being like, so it's specifically, a bad look. Yeah, uh, Jim Ryan. What I believe he was talking to the head of uh, of Activision, Bobby Kotick, and he said something to the effect of like. You know, we don't like it was like we don't want to make a deal. We just want to stop this merger from happening. So that that kind of like showed their hand where it's like there there's nothing that Xbox or Activision could offer them that's going to allow them to do it, which is, I think, the correct thing for them to do. But I think saying it out loud is probably not a, a good statement. And then they also said something to the effect of like if the deal goes through and Call of Duty remains on Xbox then the possibility of them releasing a buggier or less perfected version on PlayStation exists. And so it's still not good enough. And then Activision basically took that as like, like, I can't believe you think that we would attack you know, on their character. That we would allow that to happen. And our customers would hold us to a certain level of scrutiny beyond where the game is getting published from. So like, you know, we're offended that you said that we're not going to hold it against our relationship, but like that was a stupid thing to say basically. And I think now it's basically like put PlayStation on the back foot. And I believe many governing bodies have already uh, basically said it's okay. Like Japan is like, this is fine. You know, I think it's just like the European one and one other that's like still holding it up. What a weird, bitter and very open back and forth that's been. Yeah. I mean, the stuff that these companies are saying to each other is stuff that we would never hear in the news right. ever. You know, it's yeah. like, it's wild. And it's all like public record. It's ridiculous. Um, but anyway, I think we have just enough time for one more topic, which is the gameplay trailer that we saw for Breath of the Wild. Right. Or no, not Breath <laughs> of the Wild. Tears, Tears of, of the, the Kingdom. Kingdom. And this is what we missed last week. So we did want to touch on yeah. it. Yes. Big deal. Yeah. It was interesting. How did everybody feel about it? I actually got more excited. I did too. Because I watched it and it wasn't... What'd you say? What was was that, Liz? Yeah. So I... surprised. (laughs) Because I wanted something new. And is this like going to blow my mind? No, but I'm like, okay, this could be fun. From my point of view, like watching it, 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 I mean... 
Al Numa took us through basically for anybody who hasn't actually watched it, right? Uh, Al Numa basically walked us through kind of like the main, not story anything, but the main like gameplay beats that you'll be feeling while you're going through the the game, and like uh, it does feel like a, a necessary, not necessary, a natural evolution of the Breath of the Wild game, mm-hmm. which is basically just taking all the things that they've created in Breath of the Wild. This fantastic like sandbox adventure and they've made the sandbox even bigger and the sandbox part is more or less like playing around with the dynamics of the physicality of the game like the physics and also the ability to like start meshing and gluing things together it's taken what people were using breath of the wild for originally things like throwing on some of the uh octopod like balloons or whatever on top of like rafts and then having like a flying raft right now they do it in more like a uh, official way, I guess. Right. Yeah. And people aren't like glitching it and like making these weird railroad trains like fly and stuff. Um, and it's interesting. It's really, really interesting. Like uh, a few things to note is like, I mean, and should we just, should I just explain yes. Like, yes. the stuff? So like the things that they brought you through was things like you get a bunch of weapons in the game, obviously. And one of the first things that they showed you was that the weapon durability is still, it's still there. So weapons can break. But what you can do now is from weapons to arrows and even your shield, you can mesh, max it. You can mix it up and like craft it with other things. So for instance, like a stick hits for a certain amount of damage. Well, you can mix that with a rock or a log and now you have rock stick or a log a hammer. Yeah. Right. Literally <laughs> log stick. Okay. Um, <laughs> Long story short, though, between all of this, it's like you get to min, you get to mix around like a bunch of different weapons, and so it looks like variety is like plentiful in the game. Now, on top of that, they give you a lot of uh, more uses for the actual like items that you get from from enemies. So, for instance, mm. like the what are the bats called? The Chris's? Yes, Chris's something like that. Something like, that. Something like, the I like geese. Geese, yeah, something like that. Yeah. Well, you can take their eyes and then match them up with the arrows, and now you have homing arrows, right? So it's like this interesting like mix. And when they open up the menu to mix like your weapon, your like your armor, like your shield or your arrows with uh, with whatever you have in your inventory, it looks like you have a full breadth of everything in your inventory to mix it with. So there's a chance that everything will have some type of purpose or something like that. Um, they added in like this like powder that you put on your shield so that when somebody hits your shield, it creates this like plume of smoke. So then everybody loses sight of you and you can walk around and like stealth kill them, which is kind of cool. The fear for me is that it's too much, but I do like the, it feels very Zelda-y to me and it's new and weird and different. Mm -hmm. So I do like that. I don't like that they're reusing so many assets. Yeah. So it's it's like, I keep going back and forth. Even the map, I don't love that it's the same. Yeah. More or less, but... (laughs) So I haven't I haven't chimed in yet. I could not disagree with what you're saying more. I actually hate I I, I don't want to say hate. I was not inspired by almost anything that I saw during that trailer, and I think it is the least Zelda looking Zelda I've ever seen. Okay. Like Zelda is like go to a dungeon, get a new item, fight the boss with that item, right. go to the next dungeon. We haven't seen dungeons. We haven't seen anything with like special items or anything. And uh, and this is me personally. I'm frankly f- beyond overwhelmed with what a system like that can do. And it's cool. I'm not robbing it of its of its novelty. I think it looks really cool and like you can do a lot of things with it. But it almost makes me be like, oh, this is like I I don't even taking like, it too far. Well, I can't even. I, I'm a very direction. like f- for my ascendariness. I'm a very practical yeah. style gamer. I need to like know what the best strategy is, and that's what I want to do, right? So like when I see like, well, the strategy is 
whatever. It's yeah. kind of like it, that's too open ended for me, and it's it almost like it almost works as a way to like uh, dissuade me from wanting to even participate because I'm like because so I'm how, like this is too much. How like, did you feel? Because I mean, I I can relate to what you're saying. But I also felt that way about the first game. Like, I was not a huge fan of Breath of the Wild because I was like, I'm not a person that, like, I want to play with all these options. Like, as I'm looking at it, as you're explaining it from, like, whatever uh, bits I saw from the video uh, trailer, it seems like a natural progression of, like, oh, you know, the whole allure of Breath of the Wild is that you can go about it in a million different ways. You can ways. approach you any can... situation from so many different angles. Exactly. And that you have all of these options. And, this and it is... works. And these are this is just an expansion of all those options. Yeah. So like somebody that liked Breath of the Wild, you would think that this would be the direction that they would want to go in. Provide you with even more options, all these like even more cool ways to kill people, all these do things to experiment with. And and I think what the way that I'm probably going to interact with the game um, that I imagine that most people be is that you find something that works or that is it. cool. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you're combining weapons instead of like sticks and rocks. You're combining like the broadsword with the short sword, and you're like, what does that make? Like that's more interesting to me than like rocks and sticks and trees and shit. And maybe I'll, <laughs> like maybe I'll find some cool combos that are like good for certain environments. But yeah. it's like yeah. finding those things that work. I think. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I'm just curious if you appreciated that in the first game. Well, the thing is, I think when or we, not when the first game. Like pushing out. rocks it's, down it's almost a like well <laughs> yeah. it's like i didn't know that that's what that game was before we played it you know like breath of the wild right. i think was was not visible enough it wasn't telling you that there are plenty of options exactly. for you to solve it, it problems was just like, it was just like here's a problem world. and i was like okay cool and it was through playing it that you start to see like oh this is like a little bit more there's more depth here than i was expecting i guess so i think like i started that game and i kind of like like it got me, you know, in the sense that I was like, okay, I like this world. I like what I'm hearing. I like what I'm seeing. And like the few things that I'm doing, I'm, I'm enjoying, but I never took it to like that level. Alex, like kind of what you're saying. It's like, I found the things that worked and I was yeah. like, this is, this is what I'll do. And that is what I did. And I, I didn't really go out of my way to like try new things. I was like, let me just get through what in my mind is the core content, which is find the Zelda memories, do the four dungeons, beat the boss. And that's it. And that's literally where I tapped out of the game. I yeah. was like, okay, I'm done. I you totally know? agree with you. When I started seeing a lot of the crafting stuff, the first thing I went into my head, uh, the first thing I went, the first thing that came into my head was, okay, so they realized that the big cash cow slash value proposition that Breath of the Wild gave to players was this idea of sandboxy, try whatever, and it works, and you feel rewarded, right? That's what they... And then even, like, the, the dungeons were built like that, where it was like, you can solve the dungeon in multiple different ways, kind of, sort of, if you know how to, like, kind of break the game in certain ways. But at the same time, it's like, they're training grounds for the main... and for Link to like learn how to use his weapons better. That's like the entire purpose of them, right? It's like learning the physicality and the actual like mechanics of the game. Yeah. But the one thing that saved me from that, which is like, this is just too much is when they introduced and showed you that things had a battery. Like, so that basically in my head meant, and this is specifically things like the little fan propeller things that you can add onto like logs to turn into a raft with like a fan or some shit like yeah. that. Right. Yeah. Or like the wheels or the engines or whatever you end up doing. Like there's a battery, which means that there is a limitation. Same thing with like climbing, for instance, there is a limitation. There's a ceiling that you have to play within. And I was very happy about that because I started thinking, okay, so like, all scenarios might be plausible to a certain extent, but there's always going to be a ceiling. It's not going to be like 
an infinite amount of variety. And yeah. that, that I do believe will hit you with like decision fatigue eventually. Well, and I, I think that that's, I, that is such a good way to put it. Decision fatigue. It's like, I think the reason why I had such a, uh, vehement is that the word like visceral. just visceral yeah, response visceral. to the trailer where i was just like this is like not speaking to me and not only is it not speaking to me but it's actively like turning down my excitement uh lever knob or whatever was really because i'm like i mean rewind this podcast any other episode where we talked about this and every single one i was like I hope this game is more linear and has cool dungeons and has more focus on story. Like, those are the things that I wanted, which in my mind is what, like, traditional Zelda is. Your Ocarina of, of Time, your Majora's Mask, you know, uh, Link to the Past, stuff like that. It's Did like, you get, think that it was going to go in that direction? I was hoping. But they didn't well, comment I, on that so, yet either. Well, they didn't, so, they didn't comment on any of it, I can, right? I, I, had, no, so, so, I had assumed the exact opposite was going to happen. So I, like, I, I mean, that's the whole... It was so wildly successful, and it had moved away from all of those traditional, you know, Zelda things. So why, why would they, they go backwards? I, I feel like, yeah. yes. But the weakest parts, commonly talked about, the weakest yeah. parts of the first game were all the dungeons look and we're feel the dungeons, exactly yeah. the same. There wasn't enough of them, all this kind of stuff. So in my mind, I'm just like, okay, like the open world stuff can still be there, and that's fine. But like, show, like I want the the core story beats. Like that's what I'm in the game for because I need that. That line of progression. And when I saw the trailer, it's like it didn't even talk about any of that for even a second. It's like, hey, here's all this cool stuff you can do in the world and how you can experiment. Oh, and by the way, like there's this whole like sky village or whatever, like all of these floating continents now that you can go to. And I look at that and I'm like, I didn't even see half of the ground map. And so, now you doubled the map on me. Yeah. Like, like this, well, so, it's, it's like, if you thought that that was what got me was how wide and sprawling it was, which I guarantee got most of the people that fell in love with this game. Like I, this is, you know, I understand that this is like seminal, huge, phenomenally successful game i get it right but i'm just saying from my perspective personally i'm just like this is too much yeah. like this is too much like i'm i i'm not prepared for this so and, the, yeah. the the trailer definitely didn't get hit on anything with the story but it is interesting because the trailers that were out like so i've watched them a couple of times and i've definitely watched a couple of videos that like kind of like do a deep dive on it and first it is, one feels story it is interesting well it is interesting because you said like they doubled the map i think they might have tripled the map because i think there's not just an overworld now like a normal world the overworld the sky world yeah i think there's also like an underground world that you're also going to be exploring too um and i i definitely think that that's in part like what the first trailer was trying to show you and one of the things that a lot of people are also mentioning is like what are the chances between both zelda and link there's only one sheikah slate but now link has this arm that has a completely different set of things not sheikah enabled he doesn't have bombs anymore apparently um a lot of people are starting to think that Zelda has the Sheikah Slate, which she does in all of her key art. What are the chances you're playing as Zelda now? You know, so like, there's a lot of differences here that could be could be added into the game. There's a lot of questions, but like, I think with the gameplay trailer, and I totally understand where you're coming from. Decision fatigue. There's a lot, but I think that trailer was meant to show you that there was depth, like depth specifically, more so than Breath of the Wild. And specifically in all the things that Breath of the Wild did really well, which was exploration and uh, coming up with your own solutions and then finding out that they work or like using the physics of the game to your own advantage, like floating a log down a river to get to the other side of the river was like 
kind of blew me away in the uh, in in the first game and i was like this is kind of outstanding i assume that they had all of those moments and they're like well we want these moments to be as amazing for players coming to tears of the kingdom so they're right. like Alnuma, explain yeah. all the things that you've been working on so far as far as the mechanics. I, I felt pretty good about in Breath of the Wild that like there were a lot of options, but they didn't push it on you if you didn't, didn't want yeah, to. They didn't yeah. shove it down for, your throat. For example, like the thing that went too far for me and what I don't love in a lot of games is cooking. Mm-hmm. And you could there was a lot of depth, like you could really get into the cooking yeah. in Breath of the Wild. Yeah. And that was one area where I was like, I don't I care. I so about this. didn't. I was like, all right, I found out that these oh, three things make this, and I'm just going to keep cooking so, that. And I'm going to spend so the much. next hour just cooking that over and over, and then have all of my food for the rest of the game. So while, <laughs> so while I think hilarious. there are a lot of decisions, I think it's going to be more like the way I experience it. Like, what was that? Uh, Ever something island or the island where you just have nothing. Eventide. Eventide. Thank you. Yeah. Eventide. Yeah. Even and I always love those experiences in games where you're like left with nothing. And Resident Evil did a good job of this too because you're so limited. But in in Tears of the Kingdom, there's just going to be those times where it's like your best weapon breaks and you're like you kind of just scrounge what you have and make a weapon and do that. I don't. The main gameplay loop isn't going to be like okay, let's make a new weapon from this new area that I got. I think it's really going to be similar to cooking where it's like yeah. you have your go-tos. If you find your shit's broken, find something else. But for me, it was like this was the one Zelda-y thing that I liked because there's always – Zelda always has that weird thing. Like yeah. maybe you turn 2D and go into a wall or like they always yeah. have that one – or you're freaking wolf or you have an ocarina. Yeah, like yeah. there's always that some one sort of thing. Yeah. So at yeah, least <laughs> I totally agree with everything else. Like I want better dungeons. I want like – a better story. I want more linear experience. Maybe that's in there. Maybe it's not. Yeah, it's a little hard to tell. But Maybe at least on everything. At least yeah. I got the little Zelda e element that I was looking for. Yeah. So that that was sort of yeah. my take on it. I guess I, I I think I'm still like overwhelmed. I'm obviously I'm going to try it. And like I want I want to see if whatever it's offering can get past that sort of like overwhelming feeling that, sure. I, yeah, that yeah. I have with it. You should, yeah. You should ask it whether or not it's allowing you to play the way that you want to. Yeah. Yeah. Ask I, it. I, yeah. Ask I like the that. game. Yeah. What it could do for you. Hey, <laughs> yeah. I guess I, like not what you could do for the game. I just look at certain scenarios and it's like, I don't know. I feel like there's, my brain always goes to like, how do I optimize this situation? And it's like, it's the decision fatigue. It's like, I don't want to consider all like this. It's like my list of options in resident evil is like, pick a gun and pick a direction to walk in. You know what I mean? It's like, that's, those are the decisions. And it's like, then it's all execution on top of that. So it's like, okay, like those are the things that I can do. But when I look at this, it's like, okay, well there's a tree over here and there's a rock over there and there's like a river, but there's also like something floating above it. And I have these weapons on me, but I don't have like these things. And I have these monster parts. And I don't even know what they do. And it's like right there. Uh, it's yeah. like, there's it's a thousand million things yeah. to consider in that specific scenario. It's and I'm stressful. just like, I find it stressful. I'm just like, I just, just give me a sword. Just give me a sword. And let me let me save Princess Zelda or whatever. Like, test, like, just let me do it. The know? real test will be whether or not you could just get the sword and do all the stuff. Well, I think there's got to be some type of like quick crafting too, where they're going to give you some basic things. It's like here's what these do. Like roll with it. If you want to experiment, go for it. Like I, I guess like the other the other that's what I'm hoping for too. Like visceral reaction is like specifically when they started gluing stuff together, I know that was the part where like, I'm sure a lot of people's eyes lit up and they're like, I was oh, like, Oh holy shit. shit you <laughs> glue stuff together. Yeah. But the, the like Hobby my bike. mind instantly goes to every like 
crafting game yeah. or mode yeah. that I've ever experienced. And so it's like, yeah. you can glue this stick to this rock. And I'm thinking, Little Big Planet, Super Mario Maker, fucking dreams. like all yeah. dreams, I, yeah, like all this stuff. Thing. And I'm like, I don't want to, I don't want nothing to do with I'm, any of this. I'm like, more with, I am more with you there because that's the weapons thing. Like, I'm cool with fucking around with that and like seeing how that goes down. Yeah. I'll be doing some basic, like, boat across the water or like yeah. you know yeah. that kind of stuff but you're right that is scary to me too because i don't that's like that, that's halo forge games, mode yeah like, i don't engage with that yeah, at all like yeah. it's not i will do everything that i can to yeah. not do that you know i appreciate weird. that it's sorry i appreciate there that it's there but yeah, yeah go no, ahead justin no i did i will say i'm just recalling this now it was weird i did feel you're way better that at that you're like what? that creative side of things. Yeah, like but let me tell a lot you, more towards a carry out than any yeah. of us. But let me tell you, I like story and immersion and when things don't make sense to why they're there, it bugs me. So like one thing that really kind of, I didn't want to say bugged me, but kind of bugged me is that when you walked past uh, one of the, like the horse ranch farms or whatever in the thing and you're like, okay, Beetle's still there and he's still wearing the same clothes. That, that's <laughs> that's the freaking, thing that bothers you. That, that bothered me. But then the second thing is, Oh yeah, look over there. There's just a pile of materials for you to use so you can craft whatever you want at that given spot. And I'm like in my head I'm like, okay, well you're giving the materials here at this specific spot because there's probably something that I'm supposed to get to, A, and then B, who's putting all this material down here? And yeah. when I say materials, I mean like giant boards of wood. Yeah. Like who's in the fans. That bothers me. <laughs> yeah, and the fa- like and that, you can just take it. You got to pay for that. That yeah. bothers me. Like if it's not in like actual story, like it, it does bother me, and I, I'm hoping that it's not like that. But yeah, yeah whatever. It, Can you glue it, spe- it moves kind of in the opposite direction of what, like the all the gluing and merging of weapons and like expanding, and that that makes sense to me because that's a big core of what Zelda is. But like putting an item in a specific location so that you can do something in a specific way that they intend. That's that seems very un Breath of the Wild. Right. Yeah. So, so that was really surprising. Like the, I didn't really like me. the pile of materials yeah. or that Beetle was wearing the same stuff. Can you so can you glue like spears to your horse? Probably. Well, <laughs> that would be like, maybe to like your saddle or something. You know, yeah. If you I, use a saddle. Give some armor to like yeah. So. I don't know. I was. Uh, that was the questions that Nintendo wants you to ask. Yeah, right. Well, so that's the, what's going to open your wallet. I'm not going to pay You glue some rocks to it that creates armor. Yeah, like I'm not going to go crazy with it, but Shields? there's cert there is a certain level of it where I'm like, yeah, let's see what this. Dude, is. But, then, yeah. but then I'm not going to use that. Horse even walks because you just glued a boulder to the side of it. If that horse walks, I this, everything sure, makes no sense. Another yeah. part that bothered me was when he put the stick and the rock together. And it, the rock shrinks. And it, well, the sh- and he and not only it like a sword. <laughs> and he swung it like a sword. There was no <laughs> weight behind it. I was like, that's annoying. But you just said something before earlier in this conversation, which got me thinking. It's like, I am actually excited to see if I could take short swords and long swords and broad swords and whatevers and stick them together. And what does that make? That, it that was kind of like where Kirby my situation. Was. Yeah. It, th- and that's, yeah. That, I think that's the best case scenario right. when you, you put two things together and it's yeah. just like, you this make, is cool. Now I have the scissor. That, yeah, you yeah, make cuts. You people. make the sword from Advent Children. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So like that's where that, I think that's where it's the yeah. it's the best, but like I don't want to be like combining leaves and eggs and like, you know, throwing yeah. floating <laughs> egg bombs at people. Right. But yeah. I I'll, think I'll the, that, the fact <laughs> that, I would do that. The fact that the dungeons were lacking in the first one 
I don't think hope is lost that they're not going to be improved. You know, yeah. this this right. trailer had a very specific listen. goal, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which was to explore this specific gameplay feature and not talk about the story or the overall world. I mean, I love I mean, dungeons at all, and I think I I think I think they will be. I have faith yeah. that the, there will either be faith. more dungeons or that they will be more complicated or more unique. I think the at the minimum they'll at least be more. Yeah. I mean, this game comes out in a month. Like, it comes out, like, literally next month, which is kind of crazy. So I don't know if we'll actually get that trailer that talks about that. No, I don't think so. And I don't think you'll find out when you get it. Yeah, I don't think they want you to know that. I like that we didn't even talk about, like, half the things that they showed in this trailer either. Like, there's there's a whole bunch of other stuff with the magic and the floating thing and then the ascension. And the ascension. The incendiary. whatever, though. Yeah. So it's like, oh, instead of your Sheikah Slate, you have, what, the wrist hand yeah. glove thingy and that has new moves on it i would say that going That's through ceilings i mean yeah of course i know but yeah going I, through ceilings seems a little like that takes what why do you even climb anymore like what's the point of climbing when you can go through a giant you can only go through flat ceilings so you, you're gonna have to still climb things you can't go through like a is that mushroom? true yeah oh yeah i don't know he also looks badass like the covers of him he with like the cool. cape and shit yeah, i'm like he, looked, he looks cool That's i like cool his, i like his hair yeah, I do like his hair too. Good yeah. look. I did pre-order that amiibo, just because it looks cool. It's a good really? look. Yeah. Wait, what's the amiibo look like? I, mean, I like it's his. Not it's a, it's, amiibo him, it's him doing this. Thing. I like the oh, broken cool. Mega Man style. I like the magic stuff. I like the arm. I like the broken Master Sword. I'm yeah. like, color me intrigued on those parts. Yeah. yeah, but I do need to see some like. I want to yeah. see the dun- like. You know what the I best part of Breath of the Wild was for me? Until... Without a doubt, Hyrule Castle. Hyrule Castle was the best part of that entire yeah, game. I agree because it was like, man. Like this feels like this world and this music is so cool and I know so where nostalgic. I'm going. Like it just it's it, also like it feels like you're 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 invading the castle. It just felt so intentional. It was like yeah. this was this is yeah. designed this way yeah. on purpose. And almost everything else that I played in that game was just like, you know, we're just showing you how to play with the game. Well, you know? that's not true. I feel I, like I just... I feel like when you were going to the water temple or the water village, like that entire I would agree. section when you're going, going up the waterfall, and like stuff, even that before was cool. that, that you, was cool. Yeah, even before that, you are uh, you hit Kakaroki village. The villages are good. The villages I, yeah. were amazing. I, I, yeah, I guess I guess when good. I say the rest of the game, I'm thinking of the other 50 hours that I spent in it, which was just bullshitting around the world playing the shrines. And it's like, eh, yeah, that was definitely open world. I mean, I love that, yeah. but I actually I, I thought I did they did that the game. The weakest part to me was the actual dungeon dungeons. Yeah, like, right. Like the, you're talking the, the lizard and the camel, yeah. and like those were like yeah. the big things Baharut. that were supposed to be like the yeah. the points. really cool dungeons. Well, they were like, like oh, we replaced not fun and well, like, they, they were, were the same textures boring. that it, it wasn't as cool. Yeah. It wasn't good. It wasn't really a dungeon. It was like a big kind of rubik's cube yeah, yeah. i mean yeah. okay it, it was an interesting take yeah it was an interesting take rubik's cube is a perfect example because like <laughs> you would like do something at the shoulder of the camel and yeah. it would affect the tail and then you go to the tail interesting little smaller but bigger versions of the temples but like we it was a, a fire take. we need a fire temple like we yeah, like they, uh, we need they, like that i want a fire that temple was the and i want to fight a dragon at the end that's what i want <laughs> yeah. to have happen there you they go. changed yeah, that experimented with it and i think the original zelda model is stronger when it comes to dungeons so hopefully they change right. that. I still have hope, and it's yeah. interesting. I'm just but. excited to get back into the world again. Yeah. I mean, and I know to say this is as like as if I lived there, but I definitely felt like I lived. There I hope for a it's while. different too. I don't want to. I don't want to wander around the exact did. same world. Yeah. 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 That's I'm fair. Just, yeah. I'm surprised there might be two other ones. you had such a negative reaction. It's just uh, I don't know. Well, he, he was, no, rem- I'm not. No, I'm. I'm surprised that out of all the times no. we've talked <laughs> about Breath of the Wild, 
and I have kind of shit on it for all of these reasons that you also dislike the game for. Well, Justin has done this before and then fallen in love with things. He's fallen in love with things and then quickly fallen out. I always thought I was the cheese stands alone (laughs) and like I'm sitting here like, oh, I find it overwhelming. I don't like the choices. Like, I don't want to wander around. I want something intentional. I want to I want to have a map. I want you to tell me where to go. I put it. And I was always alone. (laughs) I'd frame it this way. I I didn't know Breath of the Wild before I started playing it. So it's hooks were in me when I was experiencing those things i have not played that game again since i put it down the very first time there's never been a single time since i stopped playing it that i picked it back up again because i'm just like for I, what you know what i mean I, like that I mean, game lived i have I either have, but i have yeah. like one cartridge of of switch games okay i have one, one switch, switch game. cartridge yeah <laughs> there you go and uh it lives in my switch forever and but it's that was breath of the wild that also wasn't even your game of the year that year so no, like yeah, you were yeah, yeah. yes he was which you is know why? where because this is coming from yeah. The truth is, I'm still actually mad. <laughs> I'm still mad. You were yeah. very confident it would win at the Game Awards. Dude, I really, yeah. really enjoyed it. You that thought game. that it did. We talked about it years later. You're like, yeah, because it won Game of the Year. Oh, yeah. No, <laughs> it did not. It, just, the, it was excellent. You idiot. Yeah. Just it totally was, blocked no. it out. Yeah. Listen, I love Mario. Good game. <laughs> I love Mario. Good game. Yeah. Mario Much movie, more intentional. Mario Movie came out today. Did you go see it already? I'm I seeing it tickets, tomorrow right? morning. Okay, cool. I'm very excited to see it. Right after we drop off James, we're I want to see, see it. it. Yeah, did you see the review? No, or the like, no. For it? We won't I have it. seen What's some that? of the... Oh, yeah. I have okay. as well. It's basically doing exactly what I expected okay. it to do. <laughs> um, but we'll keep that quiet for now. Um, did anybody see the April... You sent me this. The April Fool's uh, IGN, like Mario... Um, which more of the oh, yeah, April I, Fool's joke? Yeah, IGN's hilarious. April Fool's joke. Did you see that? I guess I didn't. So there's a video that came out that uh, was like a fake Nintendo Direct where Miyamoto was saying like, we're proud to announce that uh, with the launch of the Super Mario movie, we've had the entire voice cast revoice all of their games on the Nintendo <laughs> Switch. So just, uh, enjoy, like, enjoy hearing, you know, Jack Black as Bowser in uh, Mario forever. Odyssey or yeah. whatever. Yeah. And then they do all these cutscenes and it and he's just like cursing. Dude, it's so funny <laughs> That's in pretty the second good. half because right. they're like, and that. play as, uh, you know, uh, whatever, Seth Rogen as Donkey Kong. <laughs> yeah. And it's just a picture of Donkey Kong like going like this. And he's just like, <laughs> it was so great. Good. <laughs> oh, it's really funny. That's and then they're like, and then play as Toad, you know, as yeah, uh, yeah. Keegan Michael Key. Yeah. And then you just see Toad like walking around. And then it's like, oh, what was the he line? He's like, get back here, AA Rod. And like all this stuff <laughs> on his skits and stuff. Oh, it's so good. But yeah, that was, if you haven't seen that, you should check that out. Some pretty solid uh, April Fool's jokes floating yeah. around this year. Not a I whole ton, but there's yeah. some attention. The murder of Sonic. That was pretty that was funny. That's pretty funny. I didn't see that one. I avoid the internet they, on April They made a full game where Sonic <laughs> Why is... Why don't you just like to enjoy this? What? They made a full game it. where Sonic is murdered and put it out. You can it's get a, it on Steam. It's a visual novel and it's free. And it's called The Murder of Sonic. <laughs> and it's like Sonic's dead on a train. Who made plays. this? Sega. Oh, uh, that's hilarious. <laughs> also, it's not an April Fool's joke if it's real. Well, what's funny is that it was an April Fool's joke. Or I guess what made it an April Fool's joke is when they launched the trailer, they were like, you know celebrating the history of Sonic and they're like we want to thank all of our fans for all of the comments we read them all of them and we want you to know that we're listening so in Sonic's new adventure he's dead (laughs) that's great there was a pretty good like on the nose yeah Yeah, that's pretty great that's good stuff I feel like that one guy that's running the Twitter account whatever his name is he was like guys this is this is how we gotta do this the avatar one was hilarious that was a it was not a game related one 
where ne- oh yeah were you okay so just for everybody in uh listening right now in our little podcast chat we and Justin sent this up, I think, was saying I, that. Oh, you did? I did, yeah. No, saying I that, sent it, yeah. Saying that M. Night Shyamalan, they're like, Netflix it was, was a like, tweet. Yeah, it was a tweet from Netflix saying, We are proud. We are excited. We are delighted, yeah. to, delighted to announce. Delighted <laughs> to announce that the next, like, last Airbender, uh, which mall live action film will be directed by none other than M. Night Shyamalan. And then, literally, yeah. two seconds later, Liz chimes in and she's just like, what? I've yeah. never seen you respond to podcast chat so fast. <laughs> I was hoping I would snag someone with that. Yeah. 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 Oh, hook line. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> totally bought it. Uh, oh, yeah. man. Totally bought it. And right away I was like, it's an April Fool's joke. And you're like, but could you imagine? <laughs> <laughs> and then you went on. I was just surprised. Yeah. yeah Even know. after it was April Fool's, I was like, yo, this is like. Netflix. I can't believe they would clown so yeah. hard on Netflix M. Night Shyamalan. Like, uh, M. Night Shyamalan's career is already, what was that? Dead? Okay, Dude, let's he, clown he on the yeah. morning and he's like, oh, I'm trending on Twitter. <laughs> What's going on here? I'm trending uh, on Twitter because oh. the world is laughing at me. And what a frick. I'm my... literally a joke. Just a punchline. Yeah. I mean, these are pretty. I was, these... pretty, I was pretty cruel. I, know. I was so pretty. <laughs> all these April, they're very, what's the word? Like. Down, like they understand what's happening, like they, they kind of get it, which is they have a dude. Pulse, I hope yeah. that's the yeah. new flavor of advertising. We had this conversation a couple podcasts ago, but I feel like you know, everything's been so like you know, let's not like rock the boat yeah, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And now this is more like you know, we're just we're just saying it. Go for like, them, they all had the same idea, like they all went for it. I'm happy yeah. with I, I thought that was pretty funny, absolutely good stuff. That's so mean. I know. <laughs> he is, just had, he, has a, very he has a new movie out, like right now. Yeah. yeah. Like that movie just came out. <laughs> it just came out. Wait, he's still directing? Yeah. I actually yes. had no idea. Cabin in the Woods or whatever? A, yeah. knock, a knock at the Cabin? Yeah. Oh. He has a brand new movie that like, just came out. Dude, Netflix like, How is he getting I, funded? It came out in theaters like, yeah, a few he's, months ago and just came out on Peacock like a week before. <laughs> did you guys just, for the sake of this, I'm going to look up the ratings on this. What do we think it is? Knocking the knock, knock on the Cabin? I think it's, he, doesn't, he doesn't make terrible movies all it the time. Was, it's just he's had a few stinkers. But I just want to know if his mixed reviews. career is... On the movie. I haven't really paid on attention the... to anything that he's done post The Happening. He's done some good stuff. Well, the right. Happening was stupid. Facebook gives it a 2.9 out of 5. I didn't even know Facebook was Facebook. a rating system. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah, Rotten been. Tomatoes, 67, and then IMDb, 6.1 out of 10. Yeah. Mixed so reviews. It is a it's, classic it's mixed reviews. <laughs> oh, go watch the Tetris movie. That was pretty good. That was oh, about yeah, way better yeah, than I thought. Well, I do want to watch that. Yeah, I do want to watch Apple. that, too. Yeah. It's funny. Apple. Like, so uh, Gaming Historian did a documentary on Tetris like maybe a year or so ago. A while ago. And it goes through like all of like the history of the uh, of the game. So when I saw the trailer for the Tetris movie, I was like, oh my God, it's like all these things. It's like the more dramatized version of like the actual happenings. Yeah. But, you know what, uh, you know what you're going to love? What's that? The music in this. Is it good? Oh, I bet. Uh, they okay. use the Tetris theme in so many interesting, fun little ways. You'll just yeah. hear it in the background. You're like, whoa. I love that. Yeah, it's cool. I love Tetris. That's good yeah. stuff. I do love Tetris as well. What do they call that when they bring back sounds of Callback, light, light motif? Oh. Light motifs. I feel like I get this lesson all the time when we're listening yeah. to music. Light together. motifs when they... Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what we just said. <laughs> Justin, <laughs> do you know what a light motif is? Actually, I don't. Anyway. Yes. When did that... There was like another situation like that where I was like explaining something. It happened recently. And that's really? why I'm bringing it up. I yeah. can't remember what it was, but it was like, guys, do you know what it's called when? And you were like, light motifs. And I was like... I've definitely yeah. heard you say this. I used to listen to the sound, soundtrack podcast. They talked about that a lot. Yeah. Love music. All right. Let's wrap it up, everybody. 
This was a good podcast. This was a good I one. This one. We lasted a while. An yeah, we had, to, we had to catch up on a lot of stuff. Yeah. yeah. Listeners, thank you for joining us on episode 38 of the Crit Rate Podcast. We will be back next week uh, with another episode. Same bat time, same bat channel. Boo. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I liked it. <laughs> I'm, I'm in. You're yes. over. Yeah. It's over. <laughs> so we will see you then. But until then, go to critrate.io. Uh, Take your profile, see what house you reside in, get some solid game recommendations. We are on the message boards like every day, chatting away. Come say what's up. And uh, until then, oh, also follow us on Twitter, critrate underscore gaming hmm. on Twitter. And until then, we will see you next time. Thank you, Liz. Thank you, Alex. And thank you, Justin. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, everybody. Have a good night.